Welcome to the Contingency Plan Podcast. My name is Jedi Master David, and with me as always is Darth Austin. Hello, everyone. Well, I mean, not always. I no, mean, like, Not you always. Know, I mean, not last week. Hey, now, don't get started. <laughs> no, it's all good. So, yeah, back again. <laughs> Big episode today, too. Lot to yeah. talk about. Probably yep. going to be pretty long. Probably, which is... <laughs> At least we don't have to add the count the comics in with it because oh, I think God. that'd be like a three hour episode if we did all that. We have quite a bit to go over with that. Yeah, man, for sure, sh- for sure. We have. Uh, well, we're gonna get your reaction to last week's Bad Batch episode, which, if I remember correctly, was Common Ground, maybe. And then uh, yes, and then we are going to get into this week's episode, which is Devil's Deal. Very interesting, mm-hmm. by the way. Mm-hmm. And then. We are going to talk about High Republic, The Rising Storm, which just recently came out. Next book in the High Republic series. So, why'd you skip out of the podcast last week? What's your problem, man? Well, if I remember correctly, we weren't able to record Friday uh, because I didn't end up getting (laughs) home till quite later than I planned. And I still had uh, the episode to watch, comics to go through. I, I think I was where I was stuck. I was trying to watch the episode, but the service was terrible there, so I couldn't even yeah. really get anything done. But the weekend, we both had plans pretty much the whole weekend that yeah. kept that from happening for the holiday. So, yeah, we yeah, should have just pre-recorded an extra one the week before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was just it was just one of those weeks where. No, nothing nothing was going to go perfectly in order. So. Yeah. That's, That's funny. Uh, Actually, until Thursday night, I had completely forgotten about us recording. And then I didn't <laughs> yeah. wake up early enough Friday before I went to work to watch the episode or read the comics. So, yeah. yeah you, normally, uh, you normally shoot me a text at some point, usually Thursday or so, yeah. when are we recording type of deal. So when I didn't get that, I figured, you know, you were probably busy, you know, so... No biggie. We, you know, I, I got through it with the power of the, the unity and the force and the, you know, and the light and life and, and the not quite bad batch, more like Ryloth batch. Oops. Spoilers already. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, man, got a lot to get through. So I guess we'll, uh, let's start pretty early here uh, about, you know, maybe the three minute mark. It's crazy. How was, uh, how was your week aside from, you know, skipping out on everything? Well, other than just the the guilt from that, I I survived the week pretty well. <laughs> no, the week wasn't too bad. I'm uh, burning through some vacation time right now, so I only worked three days this week. That was nice. Nice. It felt very weird having that break. Of course, I didn't really take a break yesterday. I ended up uh, getting roped into helping my brother-in-law pour footers for his new addition on his house. So <laughs> not terribly hard work, and it was a decent day for it. But Nice. But other than that, nothing really all that exciting happened. Yeah, no, we were we were back in the office for the first time in literally a year and a half. So yeah, how'd for, that go? For just for one week, and then we're back at home working. It was it was fine. You know, it, days went pretty quick. There were nothing. Were people crazy. like hugging and crying, like oh, I missed you so much. No, no, nothing <laughs> like that. We all hate each other. Uh, no, I mean it was it was it was you know it felt a little bit more uh, normal. Um, but yeah, it was, it was pretty much, pretty much just like it was beforehand, except a yeah, you know, few, yeah. few people were wearing masks. So that was about it. 
Good, good times. Word. So anyway, <laughs> uh, let's yeah, let's just jump right in here to uh, to what we have to get into because, like I said, we're we're probably gonna have quite a uh, quite a long ish show and watch it take an hour to get through everything. So <laughs> I figured we would go ahead before we talk about the yet. Well, as we record this on Saturday, yesterday, Friday's episode of Bad Batch. So what were your thoughts on uh, episode 10, Common Ground? Or as I like to call it, the Omega strategic episode. (laughs) Yes, the episode where Omega shows that she's more strategic than Hunter and should just lead. (laughs) Literally. Uh, No, it wasn't a terrible episode. Um, I thought it was kind of cool that they had to go to a separatist planet and kind of see that they're... Well, they didn't really get the chance to deal with any of the citizens but get to see that the people are really not that different from the republic and right if i had to hear echo say one more time but he's a separatist i think i was gonna just want to punch him in the face but um no it's a good episode not too bad i did think it was kind of odd that it seems like and maybe i'm wrong here but it seems like starting from this episode forward we're just stunning people now like there's no (sighs) choice I pointed that out when we were taught when I was talking about it. It did seem a little strange. The, the, every shot that the Bad Batch t- uh, took, I think, was a stun. Yeah, they didn't it actually was. shoot. Uh, they were being shot at. Yeah. But it's like I guess they're trying to not hurt their fellow clones for the first time. Yeah, I mean it's admirable, but it's kind of too late because <laughs> we're already ten episodes in, and you haven't been worried about that before. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I I did think that was kind of kind of strange, especially like with Wrecker not using any explosives, just using the stun pulse grenades. I thought that was really odd. Yeah. But the escape was kind of cool, though. I did like that how they got out of the city. Yeah, that Blowing was a interesting. Hole through the wall. Yeah, that well, that uh, what was he? A, he was a senator, I think, that they yeah, were rescuing. I think so. Yeah, he seemed he he knew a lot about his surroundings. So yeah. he was not useless. Yeah, he seemed familiar. I feel like we've probably seen him before in Clone Wars, but I'd be interested to see if he actually has a bigger role in the Alliance. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. It'd be I'd... worth looking into at some point, or seeing if they do it in this series. Right. Because I'm sure at some point we're going to deal with the Rebels more than we have. Sure, which... sure. Now, uh, th- this was kind of where I started seeing a lot more comments about um, people really liking like the lighting and the some of the mm-hmm. the styling of the show because we we had we had picked up on really early a couple of kind of rough looking textures, yeah. Um, but as noted, like with um, oh with the uh, the oh the the little sky Camino and Sky Laboratory. Mm-hmm. With the fog and kind of the beams running through, like we both kind of mentioned, that looked pretty cool. Yeah. Um. So there were parts in this that I remember on the planet, and it it did look better. It it's just kind of strange because it doesn't always look one hundred percent. This is the most inconsistent of the Filoni series, I think, for uh, animation style. We've had some really great episodes, and some that were just really overdone or kind of phoned in and 
I don't know why that's happening with this one. It's kind of odd. Like the budget isn't quite there for every episode, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what's up with that. But I just, I remember reading after this particular episode, like there were quite a few people that were um, really on about just. It was specifically the lighting. They just really mm-hmm. thought that it was lit really well and everything was pretty smooth. So, yeah, I don't know. It's. Uh, I guess that's valid. Yeah. Like oh, you know, said, another, thing, another thing I didn't think to check. Um, where are we at on the uh, the little queue, the little roster of advertisements for Disney? Because I just went straight to the Star Wars page. How far down the list are we advertising Bad Oh, Batch? For, for this week, I think it was like eight. Eight? That's getting worse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All that Marvel know. stuff is really messing with it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, it was a it was an okay episode all around. Nothing super spectacular, but pretty decent. What do you think of it? I know you talked about it last week, but we haven't gotten yeah. to talk about. It. Yeah, no, it it wasn't bad. It, you know, it it felt short again, and it it was just kind of you know it it was it was fine. It was a fine episode. The only the biggest thing that I kind of took is that. Yeah, I'm starting to wonder about, you know, Omega and potentially like her enhancements. Cause listen, this whole strategic, this (laughs) kind of lame game. I mean, listen, her, her little monster guy at the very end took like two moves, you know, and bop, bop, bop two creatures at once. Like, come on, man, we got to have clearly, I don't know this game at all. (laughs) Yeah. But right when they, when her and Hunter go up against it, they don't show who actually wins. So right. it's left and ambiguous. And we don't hear about it on the next episode either. Right. It's like, is she, you know, more better stri- strategist than Hunter? I, I don't know. But um, I think the, the one thing, the other thing that I really liked was that it really brought into relief that, uh, that the Bad Batch actually does value her as an actual member of the team. Because there was like a part yeah. in there that I remember like Hunter like, giving an order to Omega, but it's like, she's not here, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I think that that was kind of, uh, kind of neat. Seems like, you know, she's a part of the crew. So that, yeah. I thought that was cool. We kind of run into another situation where it's seeming like Wrecker's becoming a lot more protective than Hunter of her. Like they're, when they come back and he's kind of hard on her for drawing all that attention, Wrecker gives him the evil eye. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, he's he's definitely, you know, again, that, that whole dynamic is really difficult, but it's it's definitely more like, I think, the favorite uncle and, like, the kind of hard dad that just doesn't know how to connect to kids type mm-hmm. of deal in, in Hunter. So, but yeah, she, she obviously has a much bigger uh, connection with Wrecker. Um, it's all about that Mantel mix. Yeah, dude, <laughs> I, I mean, that's got to be at a park, right? Like, maybe, eventually, it's going to be. It's just going to be just, caramel it, corn. Yeah, it's going to be multicolored. Be. <laughs> yeah, caramel popcorn. Exactly. What Maybe they'll throw be. in some like trail mix stuff in there, like some candy and stuff. But that's all it's going to be. Yeah, yeah. And it's it, going to be seven dollars, like, just like it's seven <laughs> credits. <laughs> nah, dude, it's probably going to be more than that. It's probably. Probably. Like, well, I mean, it's like uh, you know, fourteen because it's divisible by seven credits. Yeah. <laughs> it was fourteen when they both bought one, but they bought two. No, no, it was just fourteen. It's yeah, just 14. Pay the price. You're in Disneyland now. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. 
Well, let, let's jump into to this week's episode then again, uh, Devil's Deal. Uh, but also what I would categorize as not really a Bad Batch episode at all. No, but also one of my favorite episodes. It, it, one of yeah, my favorite w- episodes of Rebels. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know, I kind of view this a, a lot more like just a continuation of Clone Wars, really. But yeah, you're mm-hmm. right. It, it, ha- it has a little bit more Rebels feel because we've effectively followed the Sindula family here. Mm-hmm. Um, we have Cham Sindula. No, what? That was his name. C-H-A-M, Cham. Yeah, Cham. Cham. Okay. Cham. I, I think they pronounce it Sham. Sham. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Sindula. I, I never, I, I remember the face, which again, it was kind of altered. Um, mm-hmm. And then his wife. And then we get a young and strangely short Hera Sindula. With uh, the accent still. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So Vanessa Marshall uh, is the voice actress here, mm-hmm. and she is uh, on the IMDb, IMDb page. They have her down for two episodes. So more than likely, mm-hmm. next episode will also have Hera in it. I'm up for that. Definitely. But you're right. In this episode, she has the family accent, which, you know, listen, we're very detail oriented guys. We sometimes we, we <laughs> love the details. And by that, I mean, I rarely pick this stuff out, but it did bother me because I was like, they have French inflection. Right. I, you don't I just never, get rid of that easily. No, the thing is, I, I just never registered where the accent sounded familiar from. Oh, really? And I was like, it's like French. Yeah. So it was so stupid of me. But anyway, yeah, no, she did. She lost the accent along the way, but it was still present here, which... Mm-hmm. To be honest, makes sense. Yeah, but it was kind of odd how short she was because obviously we don't know her age at this point. But it's kind of implied she's already at least a teenager. She's probably about done growing, I would imagine. No, I, I would disproportionately I short. I, I mean, I, I she's she's pro. I mean, a teenager, yes, but done growing, I doubt it. But yeah, because she's she's definitely much taller. Well, but I'm her, just saying, her, you would think by now she would be. Eh, Obviously, she does get quite a bit taller, but yeah, but her her head just seemed a little big. And then you have Vanessa Marshall, who is Harrison Dula's voice, obviously, but it sounded like Harrison Dula from Rebels, fully grown up, with an accent. Right. Yeah. It was Not a like odd. a younger Harrison Dula. <laughs> so yeah. no offense to Vanessa Marshall. I mean, you you are the voice. It's the same with like Ashley Eckstein and uh, and. Um, Ahsoka. Ahsoka, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I just, uh, I, I kind of laughed at it. It was, it was interesting, but it was, it was interesting. What did you think about, oh, and Chopper? What did you think yeah, about Yeah, I don't think I knew that Chopper was part of that family. I didn't, I didn't really ever look into when they got Chopper, so I thought that was yeah, kind of cool. Yeah, and that, that was one of the things, they, they, oh, they didn't really talk about it in Rebels, but they did say that she found him. I just, for some reason, thought she found him like later and not while she yeah, was like on with Rival. the crew. Yeah. yeah. So that was, that was kind of interesting to see chopper and he's still insane, but yeah. So kind of a cool cameo, I guess a little bit yeah. out of the box though. Yeah, it was, I did a, appreciate the, the setup for them, you know, trying to fight for their freedom in this episode though. I think this right. is a good cameo for the, Ryloth people, and obviously we didn't get a lot of Bad Batch. They were kind of plot material more than anything. They were just kind of used when anyone else could have taken their place with what they did. 
Right. Yeah. They, they, it was it was very very brief, but but essentially the storyline is is we're kind of continuing the same type of story from our last episode where the Empire is taking over planets and the Senator Ta from Ryloth uh, is basically handing over Ryloth to the Empire. He he. Mm-hmm. This is what he actually wants. He's not loyal to Ryloth, and he seems to be very jealous of Sindula. Uh, because mm-hmm. the people will listen to him more. And even when he's doing the speech, everybody's shouting, you know, we want Sandula, you know, we want to hear from, from him. And interestingly enough, he goes up there and he's like, yeah, it's all good. Peace, man. You know, we're, the empire's good. We love the clones. Um, which coincidentally, which we have a new... Kind of, go ahead. Well, we have a new clone captain, uh, Hauser, who mm-hmm. is new. I was yeah. trying to look him up to see if he was somebody that, but he's not, um, who seems like he is not fully inhibitor chip controlled. Yeah. And he's clearly had a lot of time on Ryloth, a lot of time taking care of these people, working with these people. And he seems to be pretty friendly with Sindula. Right. And he's not up for really messing with them, even when uh, Hera gets captured. They're like, oh, we'll just go sweep this under the rug because it wouldn't look good. So we're right. Well, it 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 brought a question into my mind: Are the inhibitor chips like really set for life, or is it something that will like kind of degrade run out? I guess or... yeah, degrade over time. Like maybe quicker than you think. Maybe some of these clones might have a little bit. I don't know, their brains doing brain things or whatever. I, I just kind of wondered because it seemed like up until this point, all the clones were like 100% track focused. But then we see this guy and he's like, well, yeah, I guess I'll do the orders. But, you know, he questions things, which I feel like they shouldn't be able to do. Yeah, you would think right away, especially with the Empire, that they would be decommissioned, killed, reindoctrinated, whatever you want to call it. But... I, I can't see um, Rampart dealing with that. And obviously yeah. he sees it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It was, it, yeah, it, there were a couple of looks that I think definitely kind of gave a little bit of that away. Uh, so we'll, we'll see. Maybe something to uh, something to watch out for. But another part of this whole Ryloth situation is that the Empire is making all of the people give up their weapons. Mm-hmm. And this is, a, this is a fighting people. I mean, they've been fighting for a long time, and that's why it's so kind of so difficult for them to lay things down. And they do sort of at Sindula's request, but then you have, you know, a group of you know, dissidents who are buying weapons. And this is where we get the bad batch. And coincidentally, I I actually just had the episode pulled up and it looks like I didn't notice this the first go around. I'm going to try and back up just a wee bit to see if I can recapture the the magic here. But now everything's stuttering like a stupid, crappy Disney (laughs) plus. Sorry, Disney plus. It's not refined. No, it's not. What I was going to say is they were like literally I, I, in this frame that I watched, they were like literally two of the same person. <laughs> so it's like they got a little, oh, really? they, they got a little, uh, little lazy. They had, they have a big crowd here too. 
and uh, it seemed like they they got a little lazy on that particular uh, mm-hmm. particular run, just you know reusing assets. <laughs> Couldn't even like shade it different, shade the character's skin differently or anything. You know, gold helmet guy, make four of them. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> it's like D- Disney Plus apparently just wanted to crap out on me. I have to like reload the entire page. It wouldn't even refresh. <sighs> Didn't they do Good that times. in uh, episode nine? Like they started analyzing as all the ships came in for the final battle, and like they were using the same ship in multiple areas just to fluff the numbers. Uh, yeah, I guess. I mean, again, I'm I, I'm not angry at it. It, it is what yeah. it is. I I understand why it's computer why animation. That would, yeah, when, why when that? It yeah, talks it, and it takes time. You know. Yeah, and and realistically, to to the standard eye, they're not gonna notice. Yeah, and they're not gonna notice. But yeah, now I'm gonna do a Where's Waldo and try and pick out the <laughs> the, the same. How many of you are the same Twilight with your same hats? Whatever, sorry, that's that's kind of a tangent. Um, but yeah, we, we have, uh, I mean, I, I'm assuming this this is his brother, did say to Sindula it's his uncle. Well, so. At one point, uh, they have a conversation where, uh, is his name Obri? Obri? Something like that, yeah. Omri, something like that. Home but, Fry? Um, Oh, I found the Home I found fry. the frame. Oh my God! There's multiple of the same ones. All oh, there's there's two gold hat girls with green shirt. What's there's the timestamp on that? Three twenty-seven. There's these two people that are well. They're just wearing the same hats. They have different skins, so they they shall say they they shade them differently. And then there's two. Oh, geez, the faces of these two guys are great. So they did actually do some different colors and stuff. But like they're. There are two that are like exactly the same that are standing, uh, you know. Oh yeah, I see one where the uh, the shirt color is just slightly different, but they have yeah. like the same bandolier on, same face. Yeah. <laughs> I, I will say this though, they did give different stances, so that's okay. Oh no, there's a third yeah. one. There's yeah, a here's third. One. Here's uh, <sighs> two purple male Twilights, and they have like the little bandolier slash I, yellow I, I'm shirt. I'm talking about the one's the, cross the, arms, one's not. That's the only yeah. difference. Well, there, there's the three gold hat ladies. They are literally the same one. That's hilarious. I'm gonna. Ha- oh, geez, there's there's three of the three of these specific hats, but they they're slightly different. Just the same hat. Okay. Anyway, sorry. Mm-hmm. That's a tangent, but I do I do find that sort of stuff to be funny yeah. to me. Um, We're really overanalyzing now. It's okay. We, every once in a while, we get obsessive. <laughs> yeah, but uh, sorry. What were you saying about the uh, kind well, of uncle, but probably Obra- not brother? I distinctly remember a conversation they're having where he's like, we've been friends for a long time. But yeah, okay. I did catch that where yeah, friend it's been uncles. long enough that, yeah. Yeah, so th- this friend is... Friend uncle yeah. that just asked Hera to spy for him and smuggle weapons and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, which is, which is where we actually pick up with the young Hera who is taking a look at the new refinery uh, with mm-hmm. Chopper. And she's just sort of laying there in the grass and the... Daydreaming about flying, not really spying at all. Yeah, exactly. I'm not spying. We were just looking at things. Um, but, you know, she's taken in and, uh, you know, kind of brought before her father as they're giving up their, their weapons and so forth. But then the, uh, the uncle, not blood uncle, uh, does take her on a run to pick up these weapons. Mm-hmm. Also, coincidentally, crosshairs here as well. Mm-hmm. But uh, we get the weapon uh, exchange with the Bad Batch. 
that's literally all we have. And you have this little moment between Hera and Omega where they talk about, like, you know, piloting. Yeah. Do you pilot? No. Tech won't let me. Tick won't let me until I learn everything. Everything's name in the cockpit. All the spit. All the specs. Oh, it's not about specs. It's about the feeling. And then she yeah. says that to everyone. It's like, hey, apparently flying's about the feeling, guys. <laughs> I thought it was funny. You know, yeah. she shows her her room. You know, mm-hmm. when when we're not being shot at, you know, this is where <laughs> I live. <laughs> so, so that was that was kind of funny. I, I I thought the interaction was cute. It it. It wasn't it wasn't overdone because sometimes you can really overdo it, especially when you're not really featuring your main cast of characters mm-hmm. in this episode. Yeah, literally they're dropping off weapons for them. That's it. There's no hey, we're thinking about an uprising. You want to help us? None of that. Although yeah. it could be a segue into a part two for that. No doubt. Well, at any rate, the uh, the troops the the empire knows about this deal. So they confront them, and uh, Shamsandula and, and his wife and, and their group uh, do go to rescue the daughter, uh, Hera, and then um, this other cell. And I don't know. I mean, we have, we have this moment with the senator. We, we, we get that the senator is a greasy guy. You know? mm-hmm. he, do, he doesn't really care about Ryloth, which you know, is understandable. But uh, but our admiral here does set up Sindula, uh frames him for murdering the uh, the senator, as yeah. he has a, a crosshair execute him. Mm-hmm. I do have a question about that though. Yeah, just kind of in general, why did Crosshair have to be here? Yeah, because like, he's part of the show. I don't know. I know, but it just seems like they could have literally had anyone shoot the senator and capture. Omri or Obri, whatever his name is. And yeah. I, it just seemed like a weird use of him when he could be off trying to find the Bad Batch. Yeah, no, I I, I, I get that, I suppose. I, I think one of my biggest things about, um, about Crosshair now, we had speculated when he was hurt by the, uh, by the engine if that would have somehow fried his chip. Mm-hmm. or done something to that, and it doesn't look like it did. Or at least to this point, it doesn't look like it did. He's still following orders, so... They might have had to install a new chip, though. Well, yeah, but they didn't explicitly say that, so it's possible. Very possible, but, yeah, I, I'm not quite sure how that's going to turn out, if, if anything's going to happen with it. He just seems like he's fo- ready to follow orders now, so... Yeah. We'll see. Uh, but anyway... And unfortunately, the Sindulas are captured, although Chopper does get Hera away in a speeder. Uh, much of this was a setup, really, for this uh, particular frame job. Mm-hmm. The only thing that we don't have here, and I'm, I'm almost a little scared to see in the next episode, you do realize in Rebels that Hera's mom wasn't around. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so she's probably gonna get. My guess is they're gonna they're gonna try and break them out. I don't think it'll be an execution. I think they'll try and break them out, and she'll get killed during the escape. Yeah, it might yeah. get a little dark. Little dark. Not. Her dad to that. was around though, correct? Yeah. I don't think he was dead. 
Yeah, I mean, the only thing that pops to mind, because it's you know, details, intimate details sometimes, but they were on Ryloth in Rebels, and mm-hmm. um, they meet up with her dad, and uh, Harris steals that um, that thing from the office, Thrawn's office. If you remember that, it was like later in the oh, season. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I mean, I, he's he's still around. Now well, I'm speak, even doubting speaking that. Speaking of... Anyway, whatever. Speaking of Thrawn... Not that this was Thrawn, but I don't even know if it was Chiss, but on the last episode, did you know <laughs> the not-red-eyed Chiss? Yeah, I, I I just vaguely mentioned that as well in the episode. Yeah, there was, um, yeah, blue skin had some yellow markings on their face. Mm-hmm. Not Didn't have the red eyes, but it's like, oh, the Chiss. The Chiss are playing chess. She's <laughs> such a good strategist. She can beat the Chiss at chess. We need Which her are, against yeah. Thrawn. <laughs> Which obviously they weren't. It wasn't Thrawn, but still kind of fun. fun right. To, you know, think that would about. be a hilarious cameo. Just Thrawn in a bar somewhere <laughs> randomly playing this game. I've with heard Omega. that you are very good at games. I will bet you 10 credits I can beat you. Do you like art? <laughs> <laughs> I've studied the art of the Kaminoan people extensively for this yeah. battle. <laughs> oh my god, that'd be hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> or would it be would, would it be the art collection of Django Fett? Oh my goodness. I knew of a bounty hunter named Django Fett. I, I just so happened to have some of his by the name of Django Fett. <laughs> It'd be more like Django Fett. I studied his armor to find his weakness. Oh, that would be funny. Goodness. All right. Anything else we want to discuss uh, for the episode? It turns out it was the neck. Oh, God. Yeah. Needed more neck plating. <laughs> he, see, he, didn't, he didn't actually have that much plating at all. Uh, yeah, the original Boba armor. Geez, there wasn't much protection on that. Mm-hmm. Anything they else about the that. episode? No, no. Very good episode, though. For how yeah, little it, we had Bad Batch, it was very good. Yeah, obviously two-parter, for sure. So, As, you know, this yeah. is just part one, kind of cliffhanger into a second part. Uh, so, yeah, should be very interesting, assuming we're going to get more Harris and Dula. And, oh, uh, you know, I Chopper. didn't even think about this at all. <laughs> Who do we run into in the very beginning of the Bad Batch series? Which Padawan do we run into? I don't remember the first episode of this. You don't remember the first episode? No. Dude, we I run only into, have so much room in my brain for this Do Dude, stuff, we run man. into a... Uh, you can't remember. Don't give me that Drawing crap. Drawing a blank on his name, but what if we, <laughs> we start trying to find him again with the Bad Batch and Hera's with him, and that's how they meet. No, That'd seriously, awesome. who, who are you talking about? Because I, I, I do not remember episode No, one. seriously, from Rebels. Ezra's master. Oh, Kanan? Kanan, not Caden. Kanan, sorry. We run into Was him at the beginning of Bad Batch. Yeah, well, yeah, right. Yeah, now it now it comes. I don't know. I, sorry. I, there's, oh, you're I, fine. I, I, you're I think fine. of too much. I think of too much stuff I can't always remember. But yeah, Kanan Jarrus. Um, I just think it'd be kind of funny uh, if at some point we run into him again and 
Hera just happens to be with the Bad Batch at the time, like trying to escape the planet, and they go somewhere and run into him, and that's where they meet each other. I don't know if maybe that's uh, they're like too young to meet at that point. I don't know how old they were when they met. Yeah, that's actually n- not something I've directly look at, looked into. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I can Google it. <laughs> You're just <laughs> eagerly waiting for this, aren't you? Yeah. Where? Where did they meet? Um. Hmm. There's also that darn book that I wanna. I wanna. Pop in uh, at some time. I know I sent the it Hera to book. you. No, well, I mean it's it, it has Hera and Kanan. Um, maybe it's not on this. Maybe it's not on this bookshelf. Maybe it's on another bookshelf. Anyway, it whatever. Sorry, we're we're it's we're just rambling, aren't we? <laughs> um. Yeah, whatever. Maybe we'll we'll talk about that. Maybe when we crack open that, uh, crack open that book. But they've been together for a while. I I don't know. I don't know if that would. Why do people write articles like this? How about you just tell me? <laughs> okay. Because they want All right, you to so read here through we the go. whole thing and Kanan see a bunch met of Hera on the planet Goros or Gorse. Uh, Six years prior to six years prior to the events of Rebels, so no, uh, they're not meeting no, now. Definitely not, <laughs> unless this is non-canon. But there you go, probably is. So there we go. Is that in that book? Come on, come on, just just give it to me. Just I don't want the history of Hera. I just want to know. <laughs> God, I hate. I hate. I I I despise how people write things nowadays, which is what we're going to get into here in a second. Um, <laughs> realistically, we're, we're done with the episode. I thought it was pretty good. G- yeah. give, give us a rating on it. Actually, you have to rate both. Give us a rating on I both. Do. What do you think? Uh, what, we do add 10 for shows, correct? 10 for shows and movies. Yep. 10 for shows. I'll give episode 10 a 7 point four not an amazing episode not a bad episode it's okay okay this episode i will give an 8.5 because i really enjoyed it very good episode uh i would have given it more than that had we focused a little bit more on the bad batch but it i mean it's it's Hera. everybody loves Hera. we love Hera. we're obsessed with Hera. it's awesome we get a nice little interaction between her and omega we get to see a lot more of her family and what they're going through on Ryloth. So yeah, very good episode all around. What did you rate it? Well, first I'm going to tell you the name of the book. It's called a new dawn, a new dawn. (laughs) Yes. A new dawn written by John Jackson Miller. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's see. When is this set at? I've never read it. I have, I have a copy of it but I've never read it. I, I think this... Oh, <laughs> if, you, if you can look up the cover for this real quick, oh, man, the faces are hilarious. No offense, but the faces are hilarious. Stunned by um, Googling. <laughs> <laughs> A new dog. Yeah, actually, so I think this might be the book where they meet because this is, this is the gore system. So I believe that this is, is the actual point where they where they meet 
And then it does have uh, Captain Ray Sloan. Ooh. So that alone is worth reading. Yeah. So it, 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 it and she is. Is a, this the a cover pointer. you're referring to? Dude, I can't. Yeah. Yeah. You're. Yeah. That's the one. Yeah. Okay. Their faces are hilarious. It is pretty bad. They're they're bad. They're real real bad. I mean, Kanan looks like he's got a wig, and Hera it looks like a cosplay of Hera. <laughs> I mean, she her her eyebrows. She did her eyebrows, brother. Yeah. She tried to win herself a Jedi right there. Sorry, it was, it was just not a good cover. But yeah, we need to read that book. I, I've I've had it on the back burner and never read it, but we, we need to we need to get in there. Yeah. Um. So anyway, maybe we'll do we'll, that. Maybe we'll make a month of Rebels, and we'll do another season of Rebels, and we'll do that book. Yeah, yeah, we could probably get into that at some point. Uh, anyway, as far as a rating for the for the episode, I, I, I'm I'm fine with giving it an eight point five. I don't I don't really have okay. any issue with that. I think it was a really good episode leading into an arc, uh, you know, at least a two episode arc. Um, and I, I think, I think it was nice. I think it was a nice little yeah. break and, uh, you know, just a little bit of bad batch, but I feel like they're going to come roaring back in the next episode and Definitely. get a little bit more integrated, integrated in, which would be interesting if, uh, the bad batch was the kind of the catalyst for Hera getting into the rebellion, basically. Yeah. So, there That'd you go. Sweet. Maybe What'd they bring her. Maybe they bring her back to Sid's, you know, and Sid kind of put punts her uh, on her way. Yeah. Well, Sid might be one of the people that gives them their jobs. Maybe. Even going into Rebels, honestly, never really thought about that. Yeah, maybe. I In think. I think Fulcrum at that. Calls. I think at that point they're they're already connected to uh, to uh, the re- the actual re- rebellion, mm-hmm. uh, Bail Organa's rebellion. But anyway, we'll see. We'll see. Sorry, what, what were you gonna uh, say? What what did you rate episode ten last week? I don't remember. Okay. Uh, a rating. I'm assuming I might very not, pretty low compared to. To this be week. honest, I might not have even rated it. Uh, okay. If I if I I might not have remembered or even rate the thing. I mean, it was it was okay. It was um, it was kind of a. I don't know. It was it was it was a rescue mission and proving that Omega can play games. Yeah, um, so it, it was fine. I mean, you know, seven, eight probably is okay, I guess, okay. for me. Yeah. It's not It's not a bad episode. It was, you know, no, I, no. I didn't feel the need to pick it apart. It just it wasn't much of anything, really. Yeah, I agree. All right, man. Now that uh, now that we've got all that out of the way, we need to How start far into talking. It? We are a solid 39 minutes. That's not too bad. No, not too bad. Uh, but we need to start in on... The Rising Storm uh, from Kevin Scott. This is a, how many pages was this? It was like a 400-page book-ish. 448, 448 pages. Long uh, on Audible. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was like a 14, almost 15-hour Audible read, I think. Um, very highly rated, like across platforms. Uteeny. Gave this book a 9.4. What? Yes, a 9.4. Uh, Goodreads has it at a 4.4 out of 5. Um, and then Amazon is, out of 114 ratings, it is uh, 4.7 out of 5. So very highly rated book. Hmm. Uh, now, That's surprising. I, yeah, 
Now, actually, let me let me be concise about that because as I as we both stated, dude, we're we're detail guys. You know, we know the details. We bring you the details. Sometimes I have to stall. Don't say that, please. Sometimes I have to stall until I get the deets, but we've got them. (laughs) Seventy (laughs) six chapters. Mm -hmm. Why? That's what I want to. You could have cut that in half. Yeah. And most of the chapters, one thing about the chapter break with this is it didn't feel like the end of a chapter to me. Yeah. On a lot of them. Yeah. On a lot of them. Yeah. So I I agree with you. Let's, yeah, okay, before we get into story, let's talk about writing style because I, listen, I'm not a writer, Uh, Really, I mean, I've written some things that will never see the light of day, but I am not a writer. Um, You're not a writer either, unless you've published something without anybody's knowledge. I have not. I've written things as well, but I wouldn't publish it. Yeah. So neither of us are trained writers. We understand that. But I have read a lot throughout my life, and I appreciate good writing. I have been very critical of the writing styles uh, aside from Claudia Gray, who's a superstar, um, and uh, what, what was what was her book? Uh, uh, something the dark. dark. Into, Into the, the dark. dark. There yeah. you go. I did not enjoy the writing style from uh, Light of the Jedi, which was Charles mm-hmm. Soule. I thought it was insanely repetitive to the point yeah. where it got on my it was, nerves. It was handholdy. Starlight Beacon. How many times can we say Starlight Beacon before you memorize it? we're all the Republic. (laughs) We are all the Starlight Republic. Now, this is Kevin Scott's uh, chance to come in here. And he's an author and a comic writer. And when I think about that, I say, well... That is fairly obvious. He wrote mm-hmm. this book like a uh, like a trade, a trade uh, novel for a series of comics. Right. Which that's what it is feels exactly like. Exactly what me. he's done with um, uh, Adventures in the Galaxy or something like that. A series he did around 2016 in the Star Wars universe. Never got into it. Never knew about it until I googled it just now. Actually. Yeah, no, he, he also did uh, Tales from Vader's Castle, which I actually thought mm-hmm. were kind of fun. Um, you know, he, he's, he's worked a lot. Like, the guy has been in... He's done a lot. Mm-hmm. So, for me, I don't want to... I don't want to bash him. I'm not unhappy... I'm not, like, completely unhappy with the book. But... And also, we have to, we have to step back for a second here because he also produced Dooku Jedi Lost. Yeah. So, Which was amazing. It was amazing. It is com- written completely different, though. So the the thing the thing about this is that they switch POV too much, in my opinion. And, I, and I'm sorry, uh, you guys might disagree. And here's the thing. Actually, no, they don't switch it too much. They, they have switch too many. It, well, they it's not just that they switch it by chapter. They could have just mm-hmm. continued the story but just sort of shifted a little bit instead of like, you know, I don't care that you're at the unity arc 10 million times. It's like, I, please just finish the unity arc and mm-hmm. then move on to this. 
yes, you can have some interplay, but you, the shifting just, it, it, it really kind of deadened certain parts of the story for me, mm-hmm. which, is, which is unfortunate. And it's funny, I didn't notice the chapter thing until I probably hit, because I remember when I texted you this week and I was like, dude, I don't know. Because you asked, are we doing the book? I was like, I don't know, man. I'm not, I wasn't motivated. And not, yeah. not because I thought it was bad. I just, I was not motivated to go through a book this week. It, it's just been, uh, you know, one of those weeks. I just didn't feel like it, but I did it and I didn't notice it until, cause you, you said, I think you said you were on like chapter seven. I was like, oh, okay, not too bad then. And then I looked down and I'm like on chapter 14 maybe. And I'm like, how many chapters are in? How did I oh, get that? Oh my. From? Yeah. It's like <laughs> this, this has how many chapters and some of the chapters like the read time is like a minute which means it probably was only like a page you right. know what i mean i don't ha- i didn't actually yeah, buy this, a physical copy of this I, book yet i don't think i would want to read this one truthfully i don't know i i honestly think i would have gotten through it faster if it, if i bought the book and, and read it probably instead of doing audible and and folks i mean we've talked about this before we actually do a lot of audible we're not sponsored by audible but we do a lot of audible because i actually like having a story told to me. I think it's kind of yeah. cool. And, and generally speaking, uh, it's, it's, it's Star Wars does a really good job of pulling in uh, voices. And Mark Thompson has been pretty synonymous. However, here's another nitpicky point about the audiobook. Sometimes Mark Thompson does voices that I'm not a big fan of. And I'm not triggered by like stereotypes typical voices but there was one in here that really did rub me the wrong way and it was this kind of like stereotypical like mexican kind of voice like hispanic voice that it's not an inflection from that culture it's it's kind of like the plane the plane guy uh Mm -hmm. i never remember it but he was he was the the kind of like um sidekick in man with the golden gun Mm -hmm. which i love that movie by the way yeah and he, you know, he, the, the, the actor has, you know, he was a talented actor and he, you know, being a little person and so forth uh, or whatever they, sorry, if that's not what you want to be called now, I don't know. But um, being able to actually carve out a niche, you know, in this, in the movie industry and, and be recognizable was actually really cool. But I want to say... I could be wrong. I wonder if that, I wonder if he came from France or something like that, but whatever. So he did this voice for a technician. It was a very small part, um, but there was a technician and I, it just hit me the wrong way. I was like, why are you, why are you, why are you voicing this character like this? Like, where did this voice come from? It was like one person. Where did this, where did this stereotypical voice come from? Like, why are we, why are we doing this here? So I don't know. I it just it felt off to me for some yeah, reason. Yeah, and maybe this is just me being kind of nitpicky. I didn't really enjoy the. I guess you would say Scottish, accents. There was a couple. Oh, the on on Valos, the the people of yeah. Valos. Yeah, that was. I, I didn't. I don't know. The, I didn't. The aide that uh, was interested in. Um, Elzar. <laughs> yeah. I didn't yeah, like yeah, that yeah. voice at all. Well, it it was it was very breathy. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. It did kind of have sort of almost, yeah, almost a kind of Scottish sort of thing going on. It was, yeah, I don't know. I didn't feel, I didn't feel like it was bad, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, I think it just, there were a couple that just seemed off. Yeah. 
I'm actually trying to find her uh, in my various tabs because I, I brought up a ton of tabs for names because we never we never remember. Uh, Samara Re- uh, Rayoun. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that was one of our uh, administrators uh, for the New Republic Park. Jeez. All right. Copyright. We're going to get shut down for that. I don't care. They can shut down our little podcast if they can find us. Um, They'll have to pry it from our cold, dead hands. (laughs) So, yeah. So the the writing of the book, in in my opinion, left a little bit to be desired. Um, Another thing that I'm nitpicking about, it seemed like every single chapter started with, and he knew what to do, and he did it, or, uh, and he knew the weakness, and then they exploited it. It was always like one of those weird leading statements, mm-hmm. almost internal uh, monologue. And I was like, why do we have to do this every time? It's like, why don't you just like describe the scene? It's like, on the gaze electric. If, 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 I guess if that would have followed suit, it would be, Oh, the gaze electric knew exactly what it needed to do. <laughs> you know? And and again, I'm sure that's not every chapter, but I picked up on it. And as soon as I develop a pattern, and if there is a pattern, if I develop that pattern in my head, I, it annoys I see you it. more and more every time. Too. I see it in my mind all the time. It's kind of like when you buy a new car and you're like, nobody has this one. car. Yeah. You see that same car, same color, same make, same model, same trim, same year all over the place yeah. every single time. It, it, it's just, it's patterns in nature. So anyway, I wasn't a big fan of that. And then the other thing that I wasn't really, I, 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 I distinctly dislike every character attempted to one up every other character with their knowledge of all the characters. It's like, yes. <laughs> well, pan Ata knew exactly. Uh, let me see if I can mimic that voice a little bit. Pan Ata knew everything that Martian Rowe was gonna do. That's probably real avarice. But anyway, um, every character knew every step on the chessboard that everyone else was gonna do, but it never wound up like that. So it was like, yeah. I know everything, but I'm gonna swerve you. And that was every really time. bad with Stellan Geos as well. <laughs> yeah, we're and we're gonna talk about Stellan. That's a big a big point here. So. Do you want to do you want to try and go through the plot real quick and then hit sure. on some more major points that we have? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cuz th- really the plot I think can be summed up a lot quicker it's than most very of the other books. quick when you think about it. So, first and foremost, we have the Republic Fair, the Unity Fair, yeah, right? The Unity Fair. Okay. What's the saying, the new saying oh. they have for the Unity Fair? I don't like, know. So, who cares? We are all united or one or something. There was a there was a song that they sung in the oh audiobook. We are all oh united. Oh my god, that we was are. so bad. Uh, you got I, I so into it. that. I skipped <laughs> it. I cannot stand the cringe. It was terrible. And then no, they I, had to make a point like all the parents that were really not into <laughs> listening to it afterwards. They were humming it. I think that <laughs> happened to Bell too. I think Bell yeah. Zedifar, who's in the book. Uh, I think he even got it stuck in his head. You know, it's like, um, like, oh, Mickey, you're so fine. You're so fine. You blow my mind. Now you all have that in your head. Uh, anyway, I, but no, it, that is so true. 
that is so true to these overblown, like, state-run things. They have, like, a little kid's choir singing a little kid's song. And yeah. But I will say, yes, I didn't want to listen to it, but it is so true. That was that was actually a really good observational point in this book. So yeah. I did think that was really funny, but, yeah, you're right. So they had the, the songs. They have a bunch of Apex Predators, which totally will never become a problem later in the book. Oh, how could it become a problem? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's, it's a huge attraction. It's a worldwide attraction with these floating, like, isle- what did they call it? The Sky Islands? I think so, yeah. Yeah, but all of these little Sky Islands were uh, representations of different worlds. So you literally mm-hmm. were, were, like, jumping to all these worlds on yeah, had like dancers on one planet cultures and all types yeah. of entertainment based on that it, which is a cool premise it sounds sick yeah like it if sounds they did that like the coolest Disney parks, thing it would be amazing <laughs> what are you talking about they totally do you can go to you know random worlds that don't totally stereotype anything okay but i want a <laughs> i want a motorized version of these dragon beasts <laughs> like yeah. behind a, a phase doorway of some yeah. kind for me to take pictures with my kids. It's right. Awesome. But but you're, you're right, though. The, the idea of this is actually really, really cool because yeah. the galaxy is so big. And if you were able to go to this fair, you, you get to see how you're connected. And, and that, again, that is the big thing. It's unity. They're, they're, mm-hmm. We're all connected. We're all the Republic. So for that plot point, I think is I think is actually really great because that's what Lena so kind of wants. Yeah. She wants everybody to be connected in this spirit of unity, and that's not a bad thing. It really isn't. Right. That being said, but the background of what's going on in the galaxy <laughs> and we're having this fair is something that does get to me though. Right. And and like yeah, the you're right. In the background, actively destroying worlds. The hut planet correct. is under siege there's so many other planets under siege are just completely taken over i think it it mentioned like uh the world of Nalhata is literally all foliage yeah like they're taking de- over the whole planet right yeah they are definitely having problems and, and and you're right so we have we not only have the dren gear but we also have you know some nihil uh you know uh pan uh eta uh, attacked one of the shipyards at one point yeah. recently, but yeah. were driven off. So there, there's a lot of threats. And then we enter one character. I don't. I sorry, too detailed for right now. Let me go through the story, and we'll we'll yeah. do individual characters because I, I don't want to get into the weeds. I want to get the story out and then talk characters because I think that that's it. Just makes a more better sense way to me. do it. So anyway, we we have the we have the fair. A lot of Jedi there. Tons of people having a good time. Lena So's doing her thing. We also have the Ragasa. Of mm-hmm. uh, the the Togruta, which is uh, an entirely Sick. different thing, very cool. Uh, who is visiting here? Kind of, you know, they're sort of isolationists, and you know, maybe we we can be friends. Um, and we introduce a ton of characters, which we'll go through. Now, in the background, we have the Nihil, who are basically they're fractured for the most part. Uh, Pan wants to take control. Lorna D is kind of doing her own thing. We have a new uh, Tempest runner who has a super stereotypical like Russian accent kind of mm-hmm. deal or something and a like mech that. Suit. <laughs> yeah, and a mech suit. Um, and then we have Marcion Rowe who is trying to play everyone out. 
And they come up with this idea that they are going to attack the fair. Makes sense from their perspective. To cause trouble. Yes, and that was the battle cry. Death to the Chancellor, death to Lena So. So they're they're going to try and... Exactly. (laughs) So they're going to try and kill the Chancellor, cause as much destruction, wreck the Republic. Makes sense. So the planet is attacked. It is largely... I don't want to say destroyed, but heavily, heavily damaged. The death, the death toll is terrible. There's a lot of details that we're leaving out. We'll get to those, but there is, it is a catastrophe. It is a literal catastrophe. I mean, this is basically almost on point with the emergences from Light of the Jedi. Hundred percent. Death. Count. Honestly, I think it's worse. Probably worse. Honestly. I, yeah. This I mean, thing you're is right. Massive. Exactly, you're right. Because this is like almost all of the Nihil fleet. Yes. And correct. all of the ground troops for at least um, Lorna D and Panada's Tempest. Yes. So this is ridiculous. Marcion is holding back, though. He's not really entering the fray. We get a little bit more with Loden. Great storm. Yeah. The experiments are continuing. We do get a small part uh, in here where Marcion does go off on his own to find an artifact. Frozen mm-hmm. in ice. That whole thing was kind of interesting because... That's kind of cool. Well, the Especially whole process... Especially with the perspective we had for it. It wasn't technically Marcion's perspective. I kind of like how they did that. Yes. Yeah. Um, I don't and remember Lorna that character's... I don't remember that thing. character's name he took along, but he was a, a, uh, he was a navigator who yeah. is Force-sensitive. Um, I just kind of referred to him as Birdman because he <laughs> voiced him like a bird. Yeah. And then we had the elder and, you know, the whole retrieval of this artifact actually killed the elder and the bird man. Mm-hmm. Um, and we get this sort of thing that this artifact in quotations has something to do with the force and it can show you visions, bad visions uh, from your life, manipulative visions, mm-hmm. which is kind of what killed off Birdman. Um, but Martian well, actually, is able to the, secu- the boot stomp killed off. Oh, well, yeah, that, that's true. They even, but, like, they even got a sound effect for that, which was kind of gruesome. Yeah, he was kind of incapacitated, but you're, you're, yeah. you are right. Yeah, Martian basically did finish it off. Um, so we have that kind of going on. Um, and again, like you said, the, the Drengear. So Avar Chris is not even in the story. Mm-hmm. She's dealing with Drengear, which I assume is going to be you know an, our next story, I would have to assume. Well, I would say we're kind of lined up with the comics right now. Uh, yeah, but say? I mean... Because they, they even uh, mention yeah. the twins and everything as well. So Yeah, but are they only going to play that out in the comic? I guess I really haven't looked ahead to see what other books... I mean, you know. how are you going to play out systematic destruction of every planet via plant life with a, a good comic. Writer. Well, no, how you got to play that oh, out in a comic? So. Yeah. You're <laughs> like, you're, leave no, it in 100%. the comic space, you know? <laughs> yeah. hundred, hundred percent. I, I totally get you there. So anyway, let's continue with the plot here real quick. And we're, we're, we're trying to detail ourselves to death. Um, after the attack, uh, is, you know, has ceased, you know, the, the, the Togruta fleet shows up with, uh, you know, some of the Republic long beams in tow. Uh, they are able to beat back off the remaining Nihil uh, before they kind of start shelling or, or finish shelling the planet and basically completely destroying everything. Um, we do get into... 
a counterattack against the Nye Hill. We have a little bit of a mm-hmm. scheme to misdirect them to a target. Uh, Pan is caught up in a trap, and mm-hmm. effectively his Tempest has destroyed what's left of it. Uh, we have Lorna and Martian's sort of complicated relationship. Uh, and then we have an event that leads the Republic to the base of the Nihil, at which time they basically rain down the fire, stomp the boots on the ground, and then we encounter the Great Leveler, which we'll talk about at the very end, mm-hmm. which is the new kind of fear thing, I guess. Yeah. Does that sum up the plot? Did I miss anything I mean, major? I mean, just no, general plot. I don't. I don't think there was anything else. Okay. That we missed. No. Let's run back through this in some detail because do you just want to start with with Stellan? Yeah. Sick. Yeah. Stellan Geos. Yeah. Stellan Geos was extremely disappointing in this book to me. I'm just gonna go ahead and say it. I'm not gonna. I'm really gonna try not to be super negative with this book. It had some good points. It's not a terrible book, but there were some real issues with some of the characters that I had, and mainly it's Stellan. So yeah, Stellan is is on the council. He's a Jedi Master. He is, in some ways, kind of becoming the face of the Jedi. He's very handsome. Hmm, so we handsome. We hear about, again, very repetitive book. We hear about that many times yeah. from many he just, perspectives. He's, he's just got such a natural smile. Um, but Stellan is a teacher, first and foremost. Everybody says he likes the sound of his own voice, but honestly, I don't think that that's really no. anything to do with him. I think it's more of a joke, but he likes to teach. He's actually yeah. not... The poster boy. He really he just want wants to be to a be. teacher. He's, he says it multiple times in this book. I don't really want right. to be the center of attention, but if the force wills it and that's how I'm able to make a difference, I will do it. Exactly. But we do get in here that he, you know, we start off with him doing some saber combat techniques uh, for the hollow net leading up mm-hmm. to the fair. And he talks about having a passion for lightsaber combat. Yeah. But the issue is, is that Stellan kind of consistently gets wrecked in this book. He gets beaten down so many times by so many people. And they're not all force users. Right. (laughs) It just, to me, I, I understand you can make some points for, you know, when he fights Lorna D he's been, hurt already correct but we have seen jedi do really amazing things and and we talked about this prior i'm starting to wonder if stellan is actually the embodiment of how the jedi will become that are less connected to the force that aren't able to do these amazing things that like elzar man has been doing or Mm avar chris has been doing maybe he's kind of the embodiment of what the jedi will become a bit more uh hubris bit more mm-hmm. into their own hubris and thinking that the Republic is invincible, um, maybe a bit too complacent and perhaps a bit too studious and a not, not enough on the action. And then we get some of his backstory, like as a Padawan, he, he wasn't, he wasn't good at the beast mastery. Elzar actually helped him pass that particular section. Mm-hmm. He wasn't a natural pilot. He had to learn that with age. Um, so I guess what was he good at? Lightsaber combat, we assume. Mm-hmm. You know, general force powers, you know, I guess. 
but we but just nothing amazing, truthfully, as far as like in the yeah, Renaissance really. era that we're in. I mean, Elzar's doing ridiculous things. He's doing like he messing with weather and beast mastery and all these other cool things. Well, not just Elzar, but like Avar Chris literally controlling an entire battle group yeah. uh, of of Jedi to engage in that in that great disaster. She had a connection with hundreds of Jedi, potentially thousands mm-hmm. of Jedi. That is far beyond any anything. But and and with Elzar too to give credit with the storm and, and all the stuff that he's right. been able to sort of experiment with. Those two are so far above, but then you have, excuse me, Stellan Geos, who's a council member, who's, I think he's, I, I do believe that he has a very heightened wisdom because yes. some of the stuff, the interactions with Belzetifar, the interactions with, uh, with our, uh, reporter, um, real, real, uh, something Dyros or something is, was that her name? I had her name. I don't remember the too. last name. I remember real. Yeah, real Dyro. Real, real Dyro. Um, her, his interactions with her, his interactions with Chan- Chancellor So, and the the Tegruta guards and the the um, the Queen and everything. Mm-hmm. Like you can tell that he is insanely smart, sophisticated, well learned, very wise, but he just he can't apply it. It, yeah, action. it seems like yeah, it's like held back for some yeah. reason. It's almost like he requires much more focus than anyone we've really ever heard in like order his to actually with get the this force down. Isn't necessarily all that strong to begin with. Yeah, it, it seems. It, but and then what? What irritates me so much is we pump this guy up because the first we ever heard of him, he's like sending his energy to Var Chris over a mm-hmm. long range. So yeah, we like assume the this guy range of anyone. Yeah, we assume this guy is like OP. Yeah. But then in practice, we learn that he's kind of not. And I I guess we can speculate a little bit about why that is, but I think we have to connect it a little bit to the story. So as we said, Mm -hmm. Republic Fair. Let's just do Republic Fair. Um, This is Lena So's, like, one of her big works. You know, she's a big work lady. And I said Mm -hmm. this to you earlier. Lena So is who Mon Mothma wishes she was in the dead of night when she is not living up to the hype that everybody puts on her. And don't get me wrong. I don't hate Mon Mothma. I just have never understood why she's overhyped, but Lena. So is a BA. She, this is somebody who gets her hands dirty throughout the entire galaxy. I don't think there's anything she can't do. She's kind. She's strong. She's not a pushover. No. Like, literally, there is a point where she is just, and this is kind of getting into spoiler territory, but it's a really good way to... We're in spoiler territory. It's fine. Right. (laughs) I should say just, like, jumping too far ahead in the story. but like She is literally recovering from essentially being blown up. Yes. (laughs) And there's even a comment. It's like, the second she starts talking, she completely controls the room. Exactly. Like, there are people thinking she's on her deathbed, and she's like, no, no, you're all idiots. Just listen to me. Focus on me. Mon Mothma on two instances in movie form. Rogue One, and then, um, well, I guess this would have been more Return of the Jedi, maybe. She Mm -hmm. was not able to pull together all of these factions. Lena So, I feel like she would have done that. 
She yeah. would have pulled them together in Rogue One. You wouldn't have needed Bale or Mon Mothma if you had Lena So. You wouldn't have yeah, needed no, Leia. Again, no offense. Not hating on Mon Mothma. I just don't get the hype. Lena yeah. So, though, I get the hype. Yeah. She is awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, that. that is that is a leader. She leads by example. And, you know, the thing is, you get a little bit of humanization here, too. We we've, uh, see her son. Um mm-hmm. I, I look. I also looked him up too because I I, I was having a little some of the na- uh, Kit rep so so Kit so and and Kit even was an interesting character too. I actually kind of enjoyed uh, Kit's little adventure uh, with yeah. with Jom, who was the yeah. the mayor of of the planet uh, Sun, I believe. Mm-hmm. So it was a little mini adventure, but Lena has engineered things that are dreams for people. Yes. Now, I granted, mean, like we we make fun of the Starlight Beacon, but when you consider what that yeah. added to the galaxy at the time, that's a big deal, very big deal. Yeah, she sees the bigger picture, and she is and able she's to creating these bonds vision. with, you know, uh, the Tegrutan people. She's yeah. forming an alliance with the people that probably. Could you think of anyone else that could form an alliance with her? Honestly, with the Queen or whatever her title is, Leia. That'd Leia. be about it. That'd be about I mean, it. <laughs> we we we've said this recently too. Leia should have been Chancellor. Yes. Or or whatever you want to call that position. She yes. should have been she should have automatically been leading the re- the Republic after yes. the rebellion. She should have been there. Hundred percent. Uh anyway. So we're in the fair. Oh, oh, I I gotta pull up. I, I wrote notes in my in my phone's notepad uh because we have new food. <laughs> I wonder. We if have we a can... new. We have a new rap. Did you yeah, notice that's... that? It's... I, yeah, I can't I'm... think of what it was called, but like, man, Bronco rap's dead. No one's ever gonna want one again now. D- yeah, and they no, talk that... about it so much. Like, there's a few characters who are like, "Oh, my mouth is watering at the thought of getting to this rap. I wish this guy would shut up so I could go eat my rap now." Yeah, I, I'm I'm actually trying to because uh, I wrote it down because it was that and Bantha milk, like a, or, or a Bantha shake or something like that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> My God, how many times did they mention like, oh, the kid's trying to get me to give him more food even though I already have a Bantha shake and one found of those it. wraps. Rye Crete wrap or Rye Crete wrap. Rye Crete. Rye yeah. Crete wrap. Yeah, and Bantha milk shakes. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that's going in the park. Oh, it's yeah. going in the park. Definitely. Definitely. It's going in the to. park. It's, it's, we we dogged <laughs> we dogged Black Spire so hard for that we got a dog in a little bit here it was, yeah. it was just funny it's, they um, don't do it as much as Black Spire though it's not advertisement but no. you know it's going to be there no but we we did get a couple of really interesting things from the fair like the the medallions you remember the Jedi medallions yeah. that you got when you became like a Jedi Knight and then the Master got one mm-hmm. and then when you became a Master so it was like a challenge coins basically right so that was kind of cool um you know just to just to see and really you're hearing such small bits of jedi history like oh yeah we do we're all we're just going to give you tidbits we're not actually going to tell you about anything mm-hmm. come on man give us some stuff by the way kind of before the fair we do get that attack pan's attack mm-hmm. um and uh, I'm surprised you didn't automatically bring this up because it was the thing with Skewer. Apparently, like, Jedi and being impaled by, like, 
you know, sharp objects does not matter. Because yeah, poor Zeta even it's poor your Bell, freaking God. <laughs> yeah, poor Bell Zetafar gets impaled by a harpoon through yeah. his vector, through his gut, and, and now again, he's just got some fake skin there. How does this not vent him into atmosphere? <laughs> it doesn't matter, dude. doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Everything's auto-sealed. <laughs> it's magic. It's totally cool. Don't worry about it. Uh, Bell is fine. <laughs> Bell is not fine, because, like, that talk he has afterwards... <laughs> With uh, with Stellan and Elzar, and they're like doing that little stakeout, waiting to go deal with um, the governor, not the governor, the politician who's like trying to buy that. T- Tina yeah. Toon. Yeah, yeah. Or Tia Tia Toon. Yeah. yeah. And dealing with Ty and everything, and it's like, what's the matter, Stellan? You're you're unfocused. And then like I got this kid who's trying to cut himself off from the force. Yeah, yeah. L- let's like, actually what's up talk with you about. It's like I got impaled. Yeah, I mean, like hurt. my master, my master died, and we were really close, and then I got impaled. How do you think I'm doing, Stellan? <laughs> let's talk about Senator Toon for a little bit. Yeah. So, uh, Tina Toon is a I, I I my brain I always thought like Tiny Toon Tiny Toon <laughs> Adventures over here. Um, he is concerned about the lack of like a republic army, basically. Mm-hmm. Which has, has always defen- been a concern. <laughs> True. He has a defense bill that he continues to try and push through. And he's he's kind of rude. He cuts in on like Lena So's like sort of little uh, group here with, with the Zagrut and Qu- uh, Queen. Uh, Rica- Rica- it was the Ricasa or the Ragasa. Um, I'll Ricasa. find it. I think. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, so yeah, like he, yell at. He, weren't they in like an elevator? He just jumps in and. Well, yeah, they or, they had well little, not elevator, the, but like the, the little platforms that, that took you yeah. to the yeah, yeah. They, it took you to each of the islands. So and he's just he, screaming he, at her. Right. Well, he he's he's rude, but he's got a point. The yeah. Jedi can't do everything, and they've just got a big win from the great mm-hmm. in quotations great disaster. You know that thing from the first book when blah blah blah. Anyway. But he's right, though. Like, they should have the ability to raise something or at least have some defensive capability. It seems dumb to me to not have actual ships. And then we have a ship here, which uh, I don't remember what their ship was called. Doesn't matter. It was destroyed. And it mm-hmm. was a science vessel. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a, no a, any sort of... Yeah, it wasn't like a, a protective ship. It was supposed to be... A, this is where I, I wrote in my notes. It got a little Star Trek. Because they're like, we're going to use this ship to chart the galaxy and like find stuff and things. Yeah. <laughs> Stardate, one, two, mark, four. I've just <laughs> found another alien. You know, it's like, what are we doing? What are we doing here? Why, do, why can't the Republic have ships? Right. The Jedi have ships. Built by the Republic, by the way. The, the vectors are built by the Republic, but they can't build stuff for their own people. Well, they, I mean, they even have larger warships, too. I mean, it's, yeah. it's not just like one, you know, just tiny vectors. They have ships. Mm-hmm. So anyway, but yeah, it, it, I, I think Toon's, Toon's concerns are, are entirely valid. Right. And he actually does show respect to the Jedi throughout this. I mean, yeah, he kind of yeah. talks crap in large groups of people to make his point. But when he has his talk with Stellan Geos, he straight up says, I 
love you guys. You guys are awesome. But there might come a time when you're gone. Hint, hint, wink, wink. And we might just collapse if we're that reliant on you. We need to be self-sufficient. Right. And it's not, it, it's not a matter of being better than the Jedi. It's a matter of, okay, well, now we have the Jedi and a competent fighting force. So we're good. You know, we can start to worry about these threats less. We can start to expand. Maybe deal with the fact that there are plants just eating people and destroying everything, and no one wants to think about that because the fair is awesome. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I- exactly. Um, so I think that, I think that, like I said, he's got a point, but you're right. He turns out to be not a bad guy. And, yeah. and it was one of those things where he, it was like a balance of a knife. He could be a really bad guy, right. but he wasn't. He was, he was fine. So let's There's continue actually on. even just kind of getting into him a little bit more. He even makes the comment like, "Why are we even spending this money on the fair when we right. could be using it for the defense budget and all these other things?" And he makes comments like, "You realize this thing is about unity, but ninety percent of the galaxy will never be able to come to it, and they're just watching on their hollow projectors at home, wondering their houses why the that are too small." Yeah, wondering why yeah. their taxpayer money. I mean, it gets really meta with that, but I don't know. I, I liked all the points he made. It made sense. Yeah, it, well, it, it, it really does make sense because, again, le- I'm glad that you brought that up because I had forgotten not everybody can go to the fair. Not everybody can afford to go to the fair. Yeah. So there's, there's they, talks they of might like people be watching say, on TV. There's talks of people like saving up a year's worth of credits to be able to afford to go to the fair. Yep. Like it's 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 way past the expense of the Columbus Fair. <laughs> the state fair. <laughs> I think so. It's man. an expensive so. fair. <laughs> well, yeah, it's it's absolutely beyond beyond scope that we can really understand. So anyway, Plus this let's... dude's super funny when uh he gets uh contacted by the inventor who tries to like sell him a well, weapon. Yeah, yeah to, let, let, let's stop there because no, well, no, uh, it's it's what I'm leading into, but we, okay. we need to talk okay. about uh, Ty Yorick first. Yeah. yeah. So Ty Yorick is, let me actually bring up her, her page real quick, just so that I, I remember. She is hired by Mantessa Shakat, I don't know, and her daughter, um, Claren, I think was her name. So... Mantessa, well, we, we really find out that it's it's really Claren that's that's the inventor, mm-hmm. basically. But mother daughter kind of pair here, who have a machine that they have built that stops all sort of energy based weapons, yeah. including bolts, lightsabers. lightsabers. Yes. Now it is powered by a radioactive material that's not mm-hmm. safe, but it is what it is. Uh, it's it could be very very interesting. And here's the thing, didn't come up again in the book really. No, that was a really odd exchange for how much time was put into it, just introducing Ty and dealing with I, transporting it and showing it to the senator. I it feel like weird. it'll either come up later or it was just a mechanism to introduce Ty York. I feel like it was, because here's the problem with this weapon. One, it irradiates everyone around it. That one did. Now, we did yeah. learn later that Claren did have a handheld model in mm-hmm. her little bangle that used a different material Material right. that apparently wasn't, it maybe wasn't as radioactive, but yeah. still, 
the fact that it didn't come up as a plot point later seemed like either the writer forgot about it or just became lazy about it or it will be highlighted later. Right. And I don't think it will be used again because here's the thing. Other than um, the Drangir, this would not benefit anybody. Because, yes, you take away a lightsaber from a Jedi, but you're taking away your blaster as well. So you're True. You're leveling the playing field. If it was just something that nullified a lightsaber, then this could be a game changer. It could be a catastrophe for the Jedi, but it doesn't. So yeah. I didn't see the point of it, personally. It could have been completely omitted from the book, and I wouldn't have cared. Like, they could have done anything else to introduce Ty. Well, yeah, and that's that's the thing. You could have done anything else to introduce Ty, who I like. Um, Theologian, by the way, and we've had a couple of those uh, throughout our stories. Mm -hmm. But she's actually on the cover of the book, isn't she? Correct. Yes, along with um, with uh, Stellan, Stellan, and and Elzar. So she during this whole interaction, basically, so Mantessa is attempting to sell this weapon to Tune. Now, when I was reading through this, it's like, did Toon want this? It wound up, no. Toon didn't know anything about this. He was contacted, yeah. and he doesn't want it. He's actually like, turn it off, turn it off, turn yeah. it off. It was actually pretty comical how he was yeah. talking about it. It's like, why would you think that I would want to do this to the Jedi? I love the Jedi. I just don't yeah. want to rely on them. <laughs> yeah, it's like, what? yeah, exactly. Now, a battle ensues, and here's part of my problem with this with book. With Stellan. no. In general, hmm. Ty is able to take on two Jedi Masters in Elzar yeah. and Stellan and best them both. And even mm-hmm. Bell is even here too at this point yeah. as well. It doesn't make any logical sense. Ty is not a Jedi. She was a Padawan. And after an incident, not which even I, a great Padawan, truthfully. Yeah, but we in don't really. Eyes. It, True. We don't exactly get what she did. They just say uh, I, there was like an incident. There was a brief transference that she did with um, Elzar, but basically there was a there was an incident with a Padawan. We assume that he might have died or she might have died. Mm-hmm. I don't really remember. But the issue is is that she left yeah. the the Jedi Order, so she's not one hundred percent trained. She can use the force, but not as readily. And she has trouble mm-hmm. with certain things, including just like bringing stuff to her. Yeah. And so, she wouldn't have kept up with Jedi lightsaber training. Like who would she spar with? Yeah. To be able to but, best a master. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense to me why she would be, be able to best Stellan, yeah. let alone Stellan and Elzar man. Yeah. It doesn't and, make any sense. And not to mention, not even so much that, she beats them, she would have, for all intents and purposes, killed Stellan had it not been for that machine. Elzar. Or, yeah, it was Elzar. That, yes, she basically right. was going to deliver a stat, like a killing blow to his heart yep. when the machine was turned on and her lightsaber was extinguished. It made mm-hmm. no sense. Yeah. There's no way. There's le- legitimately no way that happens. Yeah. Unless they're so cut off from the Force... They're not. But even done. then, but even then, they would still have a mastery of the techniques that she does. Yes. And and this is this is that one upsmanship crap that I hate. Because we, we're inside, I think, Stellan's head first, and he's like, Well, you know, 
she's like a Padawan and I should be able to totally beat her. And then it's the swerve that you can't. It's like this should not be allowed to be written this way. And, well, and an again, an, it's anime stuff. Oh, sorry, I got to level Kevin, up. Yes, exactly. Sorry, Kevin Scott. This is not how this should have been done. And again, mm-hmm. you can vilify me all you want. That was BS. Yeah. And the thing is, and, and we're, we're going to speculate a little bit on this later because we, we did during before we even went on here. This is just a defeat in a string of defeats for Stellan Geos. And it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And me. it will now never make sense because the next writer either has to write him the same way as a little baby who can't do anything or write him as this amazing character like he was set up to be from Lie of the Jedi. Yeah. And then it doesn't make any sense because so why weren't you able to beat Ty, but you're able to beat like oh, we bring back the Sith, and he defeats a Sith or something. You know, let's <laughs> say, a, let's say we do twist. that. It's like, you, you beat a Sith Lord, but Ty kicked your, you know. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. <laughs> so anyway, that's kind of the pause in that story. They're taken to jail, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. So we continue on with the fair, and I think, mm-hmm. we, we, do you want to talk a little, bit about, a little bit about the interaction with Stellan and Bell? Yeah, sure. Because I thought that was personally pretty that cool. Was, my favorite part of Stellan in the book, personally. Yeah. Well, this is teacher mode, I think. Yeah. And, this and this is, is his who, calling. Yeah, I mean, this he, is who he is. Yeah. He's basically the Yoda of this generation. Where oh, Yoda? You mean be... the guy who, who never shows up for anything and is kind of... Yeah. Never mind. Screw you. Mentioned four times, I'm pretty sure, in this book. Is Yoda here? Is Yoda here? No. Oh, oh it would be been really cool. great if Yoda were here. It'd be cool if he even got, like, his disciples. Like, his disciples. Yeah, whatever. You're talking about Yoda's Padawans like they're the strongest thing ever. You know. Whatever. So, anyway. let's let's let's, Yeah, let's get rolling. Uh, So, Bell. Bell has been through hell. Uh, He lost his master. He has been impaled. He's cut himself kind of cut himself off from the force. We learn a little later that he never really believed that Loden was dead because he yeah. could not feel him in the cosmic force, which he couldn't feel him in the cosmic force because he'd not become one with the force because he mm-hmm. was still alive and being held captive by Martian Rowe. But Bell is like a ball of emotions. And yeah. Stellan, it was kind of funny because he was like, they were looking in the archive room or whatever showing him mm-hmm. the medals and all this stuff and it's like you could tell bell wasn't really interesting or yeah. interested stellan understood this and stellan connects with the kid he he lets him sort of know about his struggles and we learn that like, we already said this but he wasn't good with you know with beasts beast master he didn't have the power that's he man anyway and yet, and yet bell's dog likes him <laughs> kind of <laughs> like at certain points yeah exactly um, but then he, 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 he shares with him in these stories is like, if you ever need anything, you come to me. It's like, n- right. no, you're, you're a council, but it's like, no, you don't understand. This is what Jedi do. We're all yeah. here for each other, which I thought was really cool. Yeah. And they even get into this moment where he talks about losing his master and what oh, that yeah, felt right, like right, yeah. and dealing with the emotion of that and. You know, he says, I can't imagine losing my master when I was still an apprentice like you, but I know what it's like because 
Um, I think what he talks about is how when he would meditate, that would be kind of like his way of communing with his master. And then the first time he went to meditate after his master had passed, it was crushing for him in a way. Yeah, no, that that was Bell's struggling with as well. That was really interesting about the meditation because, yeah, he he basically inferred that because meditation is kind of led by a master in the early years, you form a connection that never leaves you. But when your master is gone, the meditation is different and you kind of have trouble in the beginning. But then you just sort of have to find each other sort of in the cosmic force again. So, yeah, that was actually a really cool kind of like philosophical Jedi thing. I, mm-hmm. I really appreciated that particular part Yeah, and, and that overall relationship. I thought that was really neat. Another thing I like is how much they include Bell throughout the story and don't just sign off on him because he's an apprentice. He actually is very useful throughout the yeah. story. Which yeah, has well, been yeah, like they made the, him... Yeah. Go they ahead. just made him a focal point. I, I thought that was yeah. really good. And which he even had his own little adventures. Yeah, they've been doing that with a lot of the apprentices lately or the the Jedi Knights, like Vernestra, for instance. You know, they make no them doubt. a lot more useful. And it kind of goes back to a Jedi Knight or a Padawan from this generation was ridiculously more powerful than the ones from our generation of Jedi that we're used to. Like, Bell could probably kick Obi-Wan's butt, <laughs> honestly. Well, yeah, and th- th- there are two parts where he displays kind of like a, I don't know exactly how to say this, but a, a, more of a supreme concentration so that he can actually multitask. Because yeah. they, they yeah. talk about an experience that he has when training training with Loden, where Loden says, we're going to go have you test against, uh, you know, one of the little droids uh, or the, you know, the balls, the ball testing thing that was funny that was really funny (laughs) but what he said was you know he he didn't he meant plural he didn't mean single and he was able to take on every single you know test droid and it was like the most amazing thing Loden had ever seen and then eventually when we get to the rescue of Loden we have a moment where Loden is falling and he's able to you know he's able to stall his falling, but also with his other hand, fight off several Nihil's blaster bolts. Right, for a, a ridiculous amount of time, too, by the way. Yeah, it, was, yeah, it wasn't brief. Whereas, so that that was like, really cool. Like, for most Jedi, you'd imagine that would be difficult enough where you would probably be putting all your focus into catching that person, both no hands up, no way to concentrate, to deflect... It goes back to what you said. He's a great multitasker in the force. I mean, yeah. And let let me let me just start by saying one thing. Do you think two hands actually makes a difference? I think it's I more think, of a psychosomatic thing. I think that's thing. gone away at this point. Honestly, I mean, there there have been many conversations about how you know Anakin's power with the force was diminished when he lost his hands because it flows Bull. through you and everything, but. Bull. Truthfully, there's quite a few Jedi that don't raise their hand. It's dumb. I I, I mean, <laughs> I th- I think it's literally just a, 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 a just an impulse to put out a hand, but putting out right. both, you're still using yeah. the force. Yeah. yeah. Whatever. Anyway. And honestly, I think it's cooler when you don't do anything. You're just standing there doing something amazing, personally. Yeah. 
Now, before we get into the, the fair being attacked, let's talk about the most important thing here. Elzar man gets a lady. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, oh. Elzar man is a man whore. <laughs> he gets a lady, man. Well, okay, so throughout this, we, we get a couple bit of bits of tidbits of information. One, on Starlight Beacon, he kind of you know tries to give a little smooch to old Avar, and that doesn't work out too well. And she gives him the cold shoulder. We're not Padawans anymore. Yeah. What we get in this book is when they were Padawans, they were uh, <clears throat> they were doing stuff they, they shouldn't have probably been doing. No, uh, they were close, close all right. <laughs> they were close in bed. Um, now he he kind of hooks up with this administrator that we talked about earlier. And they're, they're flirty, and it's not really like a serious thing, but he totally gives over, and this isn't something we see unless we're talking about, like, Rail Avaros, you know? Right. And it's also inferred that he was drunk because he does not remember anything from the night before. That that was very strange because it didn't really seem like... The, I, I Hey, did she roofie Elzar? Oh. Did she slip something in the boy's drink? I don't know, but I think oh. the interactions after that are just awkward. The fact that they really never... Do they even talk after that? Yeah, they talk They talk towards the end where it's just like she's she's really busy and she's like, I mean, it was a thing. It happened. You're a Jedi. Get the hell out of here. You're you're good. One night stand, basically. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Take the walk so, of shame, Elzar. <laughs> so as Elzar is trying to recuperate his pants from under the chair... <laughs> I can't believe I've done this. I can't believe it. They're well, going to be so the, mad at me. Yeah, and the fair is getting attacked by the Nihil. So, one, I think that the attack was written very graphically. You know, there are points yes. where people were being crushed. There was something I remember about, like, a Gungan and a Ferris wheel. Um, you know, kids, this is, bloody this is kids. The, this is the most violent of the new... Or the High Republic, honestly, well, I think. Honestly, I Out think it's all of I them. think it's one of the most violent just Star Wars books, like actual physical written mm-hmm. violence. You know, there's always violence, but this is just it it felt so graphic that I was almost like you could have toned this down a little bit. Yeah. It was still they describe, been impactful. They describe things way too much. And I don't know. I mean, I enjoyed it to an extent. I think that you had to kind of paint the picture of how bad this is, how much carnage is being... Puts you in the moment. Yeah, and it also will help when we... Because we're going to see PTSD from some of these Jedi after this event. Yeah, no doubt. So So, I think that's going to help paint that picture why they're going through so much. Yep. So, a couple things. Uh, One, there is a bit of a tie-in here with the... uh, what, What did I call that? Race to Crash Point Tower or something like that? The kids' book yes. with Ver, with yes. Vern Vernestra and um, Ram uh, Jam Yaran Ram yeah. or something Ram you know Ram Jaram yeah. <laughs> anyway, so we actually do get Vernestra in here because she's already here and kind of there's like bisecting stories, but the Nihil there was an attempt by one person to basically warn about the Nihil, but like, if you remember mm-hmm. in the jail, they were laughed at or whatever by the yeah. stupid jail droids. But the Nihil arrive, Pan is shelling the planet from the top and, you know, from the atmosphere and you're taking care of ships. And then Lorna's group is on the ground. They deploy their cloud thing, mm-hmm. um, which 
then brings into another piece of how like little I kind of hold Stellan in regard right now because he's trying to protect these people by like creating like a force bubble around him. But like he is having a lot more trouble than I feel he should be having. He's, so he can't even fight off a like gas. He's bumped by someone and loses his focus. Literally, they yeah. just walk into him. Not attacked. Yeah, it just, I don't know. It, it felt a little off to me. There's car, and, and here's the other thing, too, and I don't know if you read it this way either, but it felt like there was a lot of stuff going on um, uh, verbally while everybody's dying that seems super inappropriate to like a yeah. real world setting of real pain and, and destruction. Yeah. It, it just, it felt like we're going to make these nice, intricate pauses that would never have happened. And who cares about believability, I guess? Am I, am I overdoing that, or is that kind of no, what you No, I felt too? the same way. I can't really pull any specific dialogue or moment, but I did get that feeling. It was very disjointed in a way, too. I mean, the yeah. way they jumped around with everyone was kind of hard to follow. Yeah, but I, I will say... I will say the one thing that I thought was done really well was realizing how small one person is in the midst of it all. Like Stellan is literally trying to save the Rikasa, uh, Lena. So an opera singer, some stupid aide that I wish would have been shot <laughs> because he did not stop complaining. And then a, a woman and her child who were the people that ran into him mm -hmm. and he can't uh, well there was one part where like there are a bunch of people thrown off of a platform yes, like and he attempted to catch them but he only he caught five, five out of 50 and the rest die in the process yeah, well some They're of like, them some of them might have survived the fall true. but then they got crushed true yes like brutal yeah so how many people do you think a really powerful jedi could save from falling out of the sky i wonder Hmm. I feel like question. Bell could could have saved more people. <laughs> I think I don't know. They do. I I do think that one thing is happening, and it it doesn't absolve Stellan from kind of being pathetic in this book. But I think every time he has a fail, he's not willing to bounce back from it, and it just destroys his mental integrity and his ability to commune with the Force more and more every single time. And that's a breaking point for him. Because he's looking yeah. around, seeing how many people he was able to save, and he's crushed by the fact that he couldn't save more people. And right. I think that, to an extent, that affected everything that he did after that. Every fight he had, every interaction he had, everything, absolutely everything. Yeah. Well, he, he's, he's extremely compassionate, for sure. Very yeah. empathetic. Yeah. Um, so anyway... We do get to the point where the plan is to take these people to a prototype walker, which I thought was kind of funny, um, which Lena pilots, kind of. Because she's the only one who can. Yeah, which is interesting. And uh, I guess just to sort of wrap up this sort of like general portion, and then we'll move on to other arcs. D Lorna D and a few of her compatriots do show up. Lorna is able to best Stellan. Now, granted, he's pretty beat down by this time, but again, mm -hmm. she's not a force wielder. 
I just don't necessarily believe it. And then he's still not killed. And as Lorna is going to attack So, which Elzar actually stops, he shows up out of nowhere, which mm-hmm. we'll talk about Elzar more in a minute. One of the shells comes down and basically blows them all up. And yet, everyone survives. Yeah. Yeah. Kind I of, think, I wonder, I wonder if like, like Kevin was told. Don't kill anybody. I was just saying. Yeah, well, yeah, I was wondering if they told him, like Disney told it's like, you're not allowed to kill any of these people right now. So just let's let's hold off. I wonder if he got a list of people he could kill. Because <laughs> only one main character dies in this book. Sort of main character. Yeah, more yeah. of a main character from a previous book. But yeah, you're right. Yeah. One. Um uh, so that that's kind of where we're at there. And basically what does become relatively famous though, at least in the story arc is Stellan effectively breaking down as he's sort of holding Lena So, uh, thinking that she's dead. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, she's not, but he he it becomes like a hollow picture for everybody to look at, and he's holding her and he's crying, you know, which yeah. you even pointed out the dialogue and his internal dialogue. He's like, oh, Jedi aren't supposed to cry, but this is like bad stuff. So... I think that's where we'll leave Stellan. Uh, who do you want to address next? You want to do... We, we've got Elzar, we've got Belzark, and then we've got Ty. Well, I want to do... I would do... Ty and Elzar, we kind of have to tie in at some point because of what we, they Yeah, do we together. can start with, so start with Elzar and go we'll with We'll do Ty, both of those back to okay. back, I would say. So Elzar, he's getting his pants on. <laughs> I'm just going to skip because the biggest thing with Elzar is that he touches the dark side. He what? He touches the dark side. Yes. Yeah. And he uses that to kind of bring down some of the platforms. Yeah. And it's noticed by pretty much every Jedi there. Yes. It's not actually made, in my opinion, it's not really made a big deal of, which I find interesting. I mean, him and Stellan have a talk about near the end of the book, but it's not... Well, Stellan's like, I will help you. Yeah, we're not going to super leave you nonchalant behind. about it. It's like, yeah. Well, why'd you do that? You know, it's not that, and that that goes back to that's one good character point for Stellan. He really does care about his friends quite a bit, and he's got to take care of Elzar. He's not well, going to turn his back on him and push him further down that path. Right, but and that's something that's something to point out about like a more current timeline Jedi Order, and then. Later on, it always seems like as soon as you touch the dark side, you're almost like taboo. But in this, well, in this you're pushed away so much that you're kind of set up to fail, like with Anakin, yeah. in a way. Every yeah. time he it, started hitting, yeah. touching the dark side, he was more alienated from the council that really needed to help him. Well, him. it was either alienation or they just ignored it. Yeah. But yeah. in this one, yes, yeah, Stellan, uh, there, there's a point there towards the end where he's like, yeah, I'm going to take Stellan to Jeddah. We're going to look at some mirrors. It'll be super sweet. Mirrors of reflection. And we're going to touch some Kyber. And we're, we're just going to be sick, mm-hmm. man. And, and he's like, even Bro I dig. need to go as well. Yeah. So, yeah, the, the thing is, is like, we'll help you. But yeah. he, he is literally killing people. Like, a lot of the Jedi, the frustrating right. thing about the Jedi is that even when, um, when we, if we were going to go into, uh, oh, shoot, what was... Um, what was our what was our Jedi Knight's name in, that was up in the sky with the porter in the in the vectors? Um, I know uh, I pulled her name up here. 
as well. Uh, hopefully I can find it. Now, you know, every page has to reload after you don't look at it for a second. Um, shoot. What was her name? Because she, I believe, was looking after Belle. <clears throat> you know, she was kind of like his master after the uh, Indira Stokes. Yeah. So this is just a little bit of an aside because it's not a big, big plot point, I don't think. But like Indira, Porter, which coincidentally, Porter Angle in his younger age was Avar Chris, but better. No offense to Avar. He, I think, was he was I think he would have been an amazing character to follow in his younger days. Yeah. Yeah. What did they call? He's pretty sick. I won't I won't expect you to remember. It's like the blade of something or. The, the saber Bardota, the blade of Bardota. Is that what it was? Or he Bardona. has a name. Yeah. He yeah. has like a nickname. That's sick. Yeah. Um, so anyway, they're they're up there trying to catch people, and but they're also catching the Nihil, and one of the Nihils able to disable one of the vectors. It's like stop helping. Right. Like these people, I understand you value life, and that's great, but these people do not, and they are killing you and everyone around you, and that. Again, I actually feel like that's more of a hubris of the mm-hmm. Jedi. Like they can save I can everyone. Save everybody. Yeah. They can turn these bad guys away from their bad lives. No, you can't. They hate you. They are yeah. nihilists. And by saving some of those people, you're actually killing other people because if yeah. they're able to live, they're probably killing a very large amount of people as soon as they get out of your line of sight. True. But then to counteract that, we have Elzar Man literally just killing everyone in his path right. because he is right. mad. He He's is angry. Mad. He's angry at himself. He's angry at the situation. And He's then actually he has... angry at his friends, too, because he feels as though he's been True. kind of abandoned by both Avar and Stellan to an extent, and he's been yeah, kind of doing he... everything on his own. And he which hasn't he hasn't. But... but the thing that gets me is like there's this moment where like Avar can't come to the fairs so he she sends someone else and that's like yeah. devastating for him like it was all about him and well, oh, she didn't crush. watch see he she didn't watch see me so she didn't come to the fair yeah well it is what it is but he he's again he's on the war path and eventually this leads him to use touching the dark side and bringing down the platforms which which is, um, I mean, it's dark stuff. And even after that, he realizes what has been done. And this ties us into Ty's character, who mm-hmm. he at first kind of asks, like, I need your help. I need somebody. Right. I don't care who it is. I need somebody to steady me so I don't do it again. And, and at he had first, actually taken her lightsaber prior to this after their battle. So he was actually right. offering it back as long as you stay with me and help me. Well, and the only reason why Ty was even looking for him was to get her lightsaber. Yeah, he does mm-hmm. offer it, but she leaves. She's mm-hmm. she's not here for this. She does come back eventually. And then we kind of have this um what what's what's the thing that the Dragon Ball guys do when they touch touch tips? Fusion. Yeah, they have a little fusion high going on there, and only only instead of touching fingertips, they like interlock hands apparently, and that helps. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and then uh, she gets to see his you know sexy time fantasies. I, th- I thought it was funny her. that like in his inner monologue right before they meld, he's like, "Why? Why was I thinking about Avar last in our times together? Yeah. Oh, she's gonna be thinking." Um, She's going to think I'm so weird. 
It's like, you dirty dog. <laughs> He's like, wait a minute. Dirty boy. I sense attraction. Whoa, buddy. Not to you. Not to you. <laughs> yeah, not to you, man. You're not, you're not her type. <laughs> and then he even gets to see some of her past, which is sort of where we get her, you know, where she sort of left the Jedi Order. But it was, it wasn't really... Um, she was detailed. more gated, you know. She was still. She had her walls Definitely. up. Definitely. Which kind of defeats the so, purpose of the melding, but okay, whatever. Yeah, basically. But but they're able to do it, and then they tame some sky dragons. Yeah, which is. Uh, Beast mastery is a boring force power. Neither of us like it, but it is actually a big deal that they're able to do this. Especially yeah. when they can sense. Because Elzar tries to do this beforehand, and, like, or, yeah, I think it was Elzar, and, like, the Beast senses all the terrible things he's done. It's like, oh, true, yeah, it was another, threat. yeah, another. No, kill him. But Yeah, exactly. That was, that was a, that was kind of, that was cool. It was crazy, but it was, it was cool. But it does so, kind of bring out this question, though, to be able to tame both of them. Ty's not really that strong in the Force. We, this has been established. She struggles. So how much of that was her and how much of that was really Elzar? Well, I, you know, again, I'm not a big suspension of disbelief all the time, but I think for that particular scenario, it's it's more of a thing that uh, it's a combination of two. So two kind of half Jedi make a whole Jedi and one whole Jedi yeah. should be able to do it type of deal. But yeah, I it's a bit of an anime thing. I'll give it that. Well, anyway, we, God, we are on a, we're, we're going to, blow past two hours so let's hurry it <laughs> up a little bit here they take the dragons attack Nihil. everything's mm-hmm. going yeah. crazy but there there's not much there's not much else that, that we re- i don't think we really need to talk about at the fair uh, is yeah. there oh uh no. no derp bell bell and kip and jom storyline we got to go quickly oh, yeah. over that yeah so Kip and Jom snuck away before mm-hmm. everything happened, and uh, Stellan and Bell were originally going after her, but Stellan gets a vision. And he's like, I might need to stay here. So Bell goes after the boys. Coincidentally, I just forgot. I just remember what I forgot. So Elzar saw this. This was his vision. Yeah. And he, he part of his hubris is he thought coming to Valos was going to solve the the problem. Right. When in actuality, it was just the force saying, doesn't matter what you do. This is what's going to happen. So maneuvering back to Bell, Bell does find the boys. However, this is when the attack happens. The Innovator, that's the ship's name. Mm. Science, science, science vessel, yeah. Innovator. The Nihil attack the ship. Bell and Ember, his uh, sweet dog, fall down. And eventually they're able to get back to each other. And... Um, you know, find a, a shuttle that had information stored from one of the scientists on the ship about the Nihil's uh, uh, hyperspace jumping ability. Mm-hmm. So that should come into play later. Um, there was some cheesy stuff that went on there. You remember the Pew Pew thing, our Corin pilot yes. who couldn't speak basic, and he's like, he was trying to tell Jom to shoot the laser, how to shoot the lasers in Corin. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you mean this button like your pew-pew? Yeah, pew-pew, you know? <laughs> go pew-pew, go pew-pew. I'll go pew-pew now. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but yeah, I mean, Bell, throughout all this, he... 
there was the part with, uh, what was it, Dennis, you know, attendant Dennis, the very important Dennis guy who apparently has a ridiculous sense of humor despite the fact that he's being bisected. Yeah. What was up with this guy? He's like, oh, don't worry about me. I'm half the man I used to be. It's like, you're dying. So yeah, weird. Kind of sucks. Um, but Belle was able to save the, the, the one the one woman who was kind of trying to stay there with old Dennis. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he's also able to help this, this little vessel get out because they're, they're trapped without bell to cut away some of the debris. Yeah. Um, and bell rides the ship out and they're all surprised that he's able to ride the ship. It's like, everybody can ride ships. Right. Porter angle just did it. And then he started directing him. It's fine. <laughs> Don't question it, bro. And, and, you know, even the relief from Stellan when he does learn that Bell is okay after all mm-hmm. this was, was pretty neat. I you almost think, wondered you if... You think that maybe he's going to end up being his apprentice at some point in the future? Th- that's what I was, was going to say. So he's obviously been paired with Indira um, after Loden. And then when we get back to Loden, it's like everything's going to be okay. It doesn't wind up mm-hmm. being okay. But, yeah, I kind of wondered... If if there would have been something, because obviously he did a great job with Vernestra. I mean, she was the youngest Jedi Knight in the Order. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I did kind of wonder about that. I I for some reason I doubt it, but it it, it would make more sense overall if he could. Mm-hmm. So, anything else we need to talk about just from the the battle <laughs> at the Unity Arc? At another place, back at the Unity arc. No. <laughs> okay. Uh, no, I don't think we really have anything to go over with that. I'd, I'd say it's about time to start focusing a little more on the Nihil side of it. Okay. Just kind so of. So the Nihil suck, and yeah, I'm really tired of Martian Row. This, this is probably the worst part for me for that one upsman crap. Everybody yeah. knows everything about what everybody's doing, but Pan nobody and Martian knows. are just bull crap in this book. It's so annoying. And it. <laughs> Like we go from, well, I just wanted to make a little extra money for the, for my strike, and you know, I yeah. I didn't mean to do anything to. Well, I'm gonna shock you to death with a helmet. To I'm going to inject you, with this neurotoxin. Like, well, that's the thing, and and here's the other thing too. Martian has attempted to kill Pan twice, and he can't yeah. do it. Martian all because Rowe, of all because of, um, oh. What's her name? The Twilight. Lorna. Lorna. Lorna D. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the helmet, he was able to crush himself. But the poison thing, yeah. Lorna. Yeah. But even that was kind of dubious. Well, she didn't technically help him. She just extended it. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. But anyway, Pan seems to be unkillable, which is stupid. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't, un- and he is dumb. He is a he He's is a buried. dumb character because if he had any brain cells, he would have just ripped off Martian Rose's face. Yeah, basically. because Martian is a he is a weak, mm-hmm. weak coward of a villain. He is literally nothing. He is. I think he, I will say this. He's a good villain because I hate him, but. In actuality, he is actually a really terrible villain yeah. because at any point, if you put in some believability and you didn't just try and write him to be invincible, 
he would be dead. Yeah. Lorna D would have killed him. The new guy would have killed him. Pan when, should have crushed him like a million times. You know, he at should the second have been, that the Nihil found out that he didn't really have anything to do with the past, he should have been dead. And, and that, Because he I has think, no one in that group that cares no. about him. Nobody. It, it's, 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 that is being saved by writing, not being yeah. saved by reality. Because, oh, he's charismatic. He's not that charismatic. No, he's not. He's an asshole. I mean, they're just, it's, it's just, it's the writing. Yeah. I don't think he said anything that's all that interesting from like a leadership standpoint. I, I know that they respect him because of the past, but when it does kind of get out that he doesn't, he doesn't make the paths, he has somebody that does it. At that point, you, you kill him, you storm a ship, you take the old lady. Right. You're Nihil, man. He is not really a Nihil. He doesn't have that same sort of creep that the rest of them do. Um, and to be honest with you, I don't think he's all that dangerous. He's not. He's just around things that are dangerous all the time, truthfully. Whether it be the Nihil or this new beast or any of that stuff. I mean, yeah, he's a catalyst. He's not the true villain. Well, this is this is what I constantly have a problem with, and this is this actually has a parallel to Kylo Ren. When we speculated about Rise of Skywalker, what I said was Kylo Ren should just be the bad guy, yeah. just be the ultimate bad guy, kills everybody. He is just a bad person. But because there was a large contingent of fans who loved the Raylo theories and wanted him to turn good and wanted to follow the exact same sort of formula as the original series, no offense, but it is what it is, they turned mm-hmm. him and he turned him good at the end of the movie. But yep. in this case, you, you have a guy that has no redeemable qualities, but he's also weak. He's nobody. Mm-hmm. He shouldn't be alive. He doesn't have the force. Um, he wasn't able to best an emaciated uh, Twi'lek in Loden Great Storm, who has been tortured for close on a year. And he, before he injects Pan, he should have just killed him with that lightsaber. And he could have, and he chose not to. Well, that, that's like the Austin Powers thing. Uh, if you remember in the first movie with the sharks, with the laser beam, that well, yeah. they didn't have laser beams there. I don't know, maybe he had piranhas in the first movie. It doesn't matter. But that sort of, it's like, you're not going to watch. I yeah. mean, I could go get a gun. I've got a gun in my room. We could just right. shoot him in the head right now. Right. It's like, no, Scott, I want him to be eaten alive by piranhas or whatever. You know, the, the, that's, that's the, that cliched bad guy stuff. Because you're right. The first time with the mask, I don't necessarily know that he intended to kill him that time. But the second time, he absolutely did. He should have just killed him. You've yeah. poisoned him. He's incapacitated. Chop off his head. And at what point do you just accept that you needed to? It's not even like, well, I might be able to use him a little bit more. It's like, no, you cannot trust this guy. He will yeah. kill you as soon as he gets a chance. And you well, really that, can't trust D either because she's just going to look out for herself. Sides. And yeah. the second you look weak, she's going to turn on you. Yeah. Even Pan, stupid Pan, knew that. Well, I mean, Pan Pan's dumb. I mean, he's just a dumb character. Because even at, towards the end when they, he thinks that Lorna is backing him up when in actuality she's backing herself up. She doesn't mm-hmm. care about any of those people and sends him into an ambush, which, you know, uh, was obvious. Yeah. Uh, Should have been obvious to anybody. Um, 
But interestingly enough, she does keep that that Pan is alive away from Roe. So Roe, mm-hmm. at the end of the book, thinks he's dead. So yeah. that, we might get Pan's revenge. We might. But I, I don't know. I, I, I don't then know if how he that's kills, all going to go. If he, kill, if he kills off Martian, are you worried about him as a villain, truthfully? He's going to match up. Yeah. He's going to... No, well, the thing is, maybe yes, but I, I actually would be because he he is a true nihil. He wants to kill people, yeah. so that would mean that he would continue like a, an actual assault. Whereas Martian just wants to kind of pull back from time to time and work from the shadows really slowly. So in in a, in the short term, yes, I would be more afraid of Panada. In the long term, no, because he would blunder eventually, and you'd yeah, be able he to would take fizzle him out. out. He would he wouldn't take the time to recuperate his numbers and he'd eventually just be wiped out but he could cause some very significant damage in the meantime so that's kind of one of the fears um but anyway yeah i just we eventually catch up with the nihil on their base and this is orchestrated through kind of an interesting an interesting little play um, mm-hmm. one of the captured Nihil, which sounded like, um, I, I pictured him as a much scarier Randall from <laughs> Monsters Inc with like yeah. a stingy tail and big crab claws. And he was yeah. like maybe 12 foot tall with pincers and stuff. That's how I vision envisioned this guy. And I didn't look up his species to actually see if there were pictures or if he was made up for this book, but he escapes and we have this, this opera of Elzar like losing him losing his you know brain uh no curse words here <laughs> mm. kid show uh and like he's choking the guy and he's like beating Stellan again like the third time he's been beaten uh you know he's beaten the Nymoidian captain which I thought was interesting that they used yeah. the Nymoidian uh you know he's he's smacking around Ty with the force uh and then eventually he gets away with um with our scientist daughter. Um, I instantly forgot her name. I know I have it here in the beginning though. She's not uh, very memorable. Claren. Mm-hmm. So who winds up being a double crosser? She's an idiot too. There's a lot of idiots mm-hmm. in this book anyway. So the, the, the plan was to let this guy escape so that they could follow him back to the base. Pretty simple plan. Uh, and it winds up. Elzar didn't have a dark side attack. He was just playing. Yeah. Why'd you have to hit me so hard? Well, yeah, I mean, like, I had to keep it convincing, and I don't like you. Yeah. Oh, what did I do to you? I just don't like you. You're Nymoidian. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then eventually we catch up with, with the Nihil on their planet. Um, while half the fleet's taking taking out Pan's fleet, the other half travels to where uh, the Nihil are stationed. Um in the beginning, though, we do have Indira and Bell kind of going in, trying to infiltrate, follow the girl who mm-hmm. winds up again. She shows that her bangle, which is like a miniature version of that, you know, uh, machine that mm-hmm. uh, she had built with her mother. And she's double crossing the Republic. He's like, oh, yeah, they're like Jedi in here. It's totally cool. Give me some credits for this thing and I'll give it to you. Um, Bell feels loading in the force finally. So he runs off to help him. Indira kind of has to do her thing. She does save the girl after Mm -hmm. Elzar and his terrible shooting like (laughs) twice. Elzar needs to learn how to shoot. Apparently. Yeah. Shoot blasters from his vector, uh, brings the walls down on Indira. They're able to get out, blah, blah, blah. 
Uh, but one of the most infuriating things to me was the showdown with Loden. And Loden, I mean, he's he's emaciated. He, he can't really yeah. fight. But on their final showdown, he does dodge Martian's little stinger attack, but he mm-hmm. falls. And then as, as Martian's looking down, Elzar shoots at him. And he's Blows dead, up the platform. Right? He's dead, right? Blows up the platform. Yeah. Essentially. Martian Rose, cool. Oh, it's a he's good thing to... that I jumped out of the way just in time and my armor saved me, you know, from I mean, proton torpedoes, essentially. Yeah, those things might have scored my lungs from the heat, but, you know, it doesn't matter. I've got my cool Cyclops mask. What? So stupid. It's dumb. I mean, listen, I knew he wasn't dead. It's bad writing, though. You but knew he wasn't dead because you knew they were going to pull that crap, not yeah. because he should have a reason to be alive. No, exactly. They, uh, they're they not going to take out this character because for some reason they like him. But no, yeah. I mean, it was I think stupid. the Drengear are a lot more dead. intimidating than Marshawn Rowe, personally. I think this yeah. would be a great way to wipe out the Nihil, be done with it, and focus on the Drengear from here they on. Didn't, they didn't kill anybody, okay? No. Not no. one. Even Lorna D gets away at the end, too. So we have to still deal. So they're all there. Lorna, uh, the one guy, the new guy died in the mech suit. He's, I think he oh, got yeah. shot or something. So whatever. Yeah. He wasn't that interesting. Um, he just had a, he just had a Gundam wing. <laughs> yeah, basically. You would have <laughs> had, had to do that, be able to fight Pan. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, Martian's fine. And then he unleashes the Great Leveler, which the Great Leveler is the great bore of this entire book. Yeah, that whole sequence with Birdman sacrificing mm-hmm. the Birdman for this relic or whatever in the ice, and then what is it? It's like some beast that freaks out Jedi and turns him to stone. Yeah, basically. The Great Leveler of, can't fly through space. There's no you know transport the great, technology. You know what the Great Leveler reminds me of? It's like in the first Harry Potter movie that. I forget what the creature's name is, but like you open up the box, they were showing it in school, and like you had to. You could get scared by it, and it would like try to suck out your soul or something. Oh, that was, yeah, it was in the third book, The Dementors. No, no, it was in the class in the first one. It would like, yeah, The Dementors, too. I guess you could call it that, but there's one in the class. I can't remember what they called it, but it's just super uneventful with this leveler. It's just really boring. Yeah, I mean, it, I, I get it. It's kind of like uh, like primal fear, I guess. Yeah. But it's attracted to force wielders, apparently, mm-hmm. and it makes you freak out and then turns you to stone. But again, like I was alluding to, you have to release it. How do you release a beast that can't... I mean, we presumably, it can't just fly, th- fly through space. There's right. no transporter technology. So let's say you want to attack a Jedi ship, big Jedi ship you'd like have to dock with it and put the thing in there. You want to attack a planet. You would literally have to land it on the planet. But then what happens if the gaze electric is destroyed? It's trapped on the planet conceivably, right? Yeah. I mean, unless I'm missing something, the, the way you beat this thing is, I mean, it's already established. There's a device to hold it. (laughs) Cause I'd assume it just goes back to the relic every time. Yeah, it's not well, just that's, hanging out in the know. ship in the corner, all creepy, being smoked well, and stuff. Like he's got the he's got the staff. That's what it yeah. was. So he's it's controllable by a staff. 
But oh, again, okay. that's right. Like you still have to release it somehow. You 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 have to transport it unless yeah. it's got its own little beast ship that it flies. I I don't know. I mean, I, I obviously if I were on the ground and I saw it coming at me, it's like, well, crap, I'm dead. But like, if I were in orbit, what's it gonna do? Now, and granted, also, go ahead. Well, granted, it did take Stellan or. Uh, that's exactly the mistake you made before we start talking about it. Now I did Elzar. it myself. Elzar. It yeah. did kind of like take down his ship, but it's not like he was in orbit. Right. And again, how powerful is this thing? Because it didn't kill Elzar. It was it only kill... able to kill. It only was able to kill Loden because he was yeah. so weak, more than likely. So <laughs> is this really yeah. that big of a deal? I mean, a focused Jedi... Could they just ignore the fear? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know. D- because Bell was right there, too, and it, Bell was affected. Nothing, he was like, nothing really happened to him, though. I mean, he was depressed yeah. after, but he was depressed because the master died I, more than I don't anything. know. I mean, he they said he was curled up in a ball, so I think that remains to be seen how bad he is because, like, there's probably something more to it. But, I mean, why didn't he turn him to stone, too? Right. Like, what's what? Yeah. why? I don't know. So, again, so, that just goes back to maybe it gives you PTSD, but it can't kill you unless you're already super weak or injured. So, Well, I mean, I assume it probably could kill about anybody. There's something about Bell. I don't know. We'll, we'll figure that out. But I, I don't think it has anything to do with him being weak. I could be wrong. Maybe. But, but the, the point is, is, like, why am I afraid of this? Why am I more afraid of, or why should I be more afraid of this than the Drengear? Well, I don't think they described it very well either in the book, honestly. I mean, it's not intimidating by just the description of the beast and what it does to you. It shows you nightmares, and it wraps yeah. itself around you. It's smoke. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I'm just, I'm not, I'm not getting it. I'm not getting something about this yet. Maybe, uh, maybe eventually it will materialize something different but and another thing about that too I is know. i i feel like the issue with the drangir is just the numbers and how ferociously they fight i don't think you needed to introduce this character this big monster to make them intimidating because they clearly can cause a lot of damage regardless of that and the jedi yeah. were kind of unable to stop them I mean, truthfully, the Jedi did not save that many people. They didn't stop this. It was the force of the Republic that drove them back eventually, and uh, the Togrudens. Right. So right. why are they worried about this relic? The Drangir are what the Jedi need to be worrying about. They didn't need to introduce this extra monster. Yeah, it, it just, it, yeah, it, it, it does, doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense. Uh, whatsoever. So what do we do with this going forward? Don't think I care, but it's probably going to be something like they're going to release it on Coruscant or whatever. And I don't know. (sighs) Anyway, so the Nihil fleet though is pretty much sacked. Lorna's on the run. Martian's like, (laughs) I'm going to put a GoPro on this monster so I can see what's up. (laughs) That was, uh, Whatever, uh, I'm sorry. It's dumb. You you just GoPro your dog, you know? <laughs> See where it runs around to during the day? Oh, no, I wouldn't mind GoProing uh, Bell's dog. 
Well, they probably like burned the darn thing off. Well, true. But it be entertaining spits to watch lava. Him. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, the sound effect for his bark was pretty entertaining, too, in yeah. the off version. Yeah, some of the sound effects were a little bit iffy for me. or, or Some of them yeah. also were delayed. Like, every now and again, you'd get, like, and they fired. And then, if, <laughs> like, a second or two would go by, and a pew, 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 you know? It's like, yeah. well, that was really delayed. Nice job, editor of audiobook. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so anyway, as sort of a mild wrap-up, um, that, that's really it. That's where we leave it. We leave it with Stellan finding the stone of... <laughs> the stone of great storm, which yeah. when he touches it, it just sort of Crumbles. blows away. And that's, that's really where we leave the book. There's no, there's no extracurricular after yeah. that. It's just, that's it. So I find it weird that they only killed off Loden. Truthfully, they made Loden go through hell and then he almost escapes and then we kill him. Yeah. Great. Like I, mean, I said, there's a list. You can't kill these guys. Truthfully, um, the Wookiee Jedi probably should have been dead. Oh, like, Biriaga. Yeah, God. it's like, I yeah. like Biriaga, but is he important enough that they couldn't kill him? Like, do something you know, what'll tragic? Wind up, what'll wind up happening is Biriaga, with his super emotions, is probably going to, like, have to fight this thing, and, and he'll defeat it because he's super emotional or something. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. See, but yeah, I, I mean... Like I feel like he's actually at a disadvantage because he would feel the fear of every other Jedi around him, though. Well, well see, that's that's the thing, though. He constantly Buryaga's problem is that he is so empathic that yeah, it everything affects him so mm-hmm. much, um, which is kind of terrible for a Jedi who has to draw on, you know, you know, positivity and hope and everything. Mm-hmm. But when you're you're over. Uh, over encumbered almost with fear. It's, it's like how do you, how do he you combat a, that? He, it's like he has the potential to be one of the strongest force wielders, but also be one of the most worthless force wielders at the same time. Just yeah, depending on the mood of the room, literally. Yeah, for sure, for sure. All right, so that's kind of the end of the book. Anything mm-hmm. else we want to mention before we kind of start giving ratings and wrapping up for the day? No, no, we've definitely talked long enough about this one. <laughs> I, mean, I was just running through my notes to see if I wrote anything down. Uh, nope, pretty much we mentioned everything. Oh, there was one other thing. Did you did you catch the mention of Sereno at the beginning of the book? The Count of Sereno, old Dooku's planet. They oh. mentioned it. No, I didn't. They mentioned the current count at like the beginning. I, it was just really? like really brief. Yeah, I thought it was funny. <laughs> That's cool. Because because they were like, can you imagine the count of Sereno with like a fleet of ships? It's like, yes, yes, yeah. I can. Yeah, I can. I remember exactly <laughs> how that worked out. <laughs> just a different count. Nice. Oh man. Okay. All right. So out of five, what's the rating? What are you giving it? I think I'm going to give it a... 9.4 out of 5, right. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah you definitely. Teeny. You're killing no, me. No, I'm going to probably give this a... I'm going to give it a 3.8. Okay. The story was... There wasn't much of a story, truthfully. Well, here, here's, here's the thing, just, just real quick. So, Utini actually has five different 
uh, things that they rate for uh, rate, you know, for a total rating. So they do plot, characters, writing, entertainment, and originality. I mean, I'm not trying to copy you, Teeny, but I mean, <laughs> no, it's okay. Good. So you just, just go, go, go ahead. You know what? No, no, we'll we'll do it. Why not? Uh, so plot was first. Plot. Plot. I'm not going to do separate ratings, but that's how I'll describe it, like why I'm giving it the rating I'm giving. <laughs> okay. The plot was nonsensical to me. I mean, there are so many times that Martian should have been dead, and I don't think Pan would have been able to pull this off, and that's just essentially the end of the story. Martian should have been dead, like, at the very beginning of the book. There's no reason why he should be kept alive. He has no followers. He's got no one to protect him. And Pan's a freaking beast. He's massive. It's, it's ridiculous mm-hmm. to me. The The whole thing with the fair, like I get it for the unity of the galaxy. Sure, we got to unite the Republic and all that. But we've got in the background the Nihil destroying people, the Drangir just causing so much chaos, and we're worried about entertainment. It, I, I just don't understand that at all. So to me, the plot was kind of weak. I wasn't a fan of it at all, personally. Um, what was the second one? Characters. Characters. Characters are the strongest and weakest point of this book to me. It was very disappointing with Stellan. Uh, Elzar is kind of right in the middle for me because like, he had a lot of cool things happen, but he was kind of a baby at the same time on certain things, especially with Avar uh, Chris. Mm-hmm. You had some really cool characters. Bell shown so much in this book. He was amazing. Um, Liana So, just she's probably my new favorite character at this point with everything going on. Uh, I just there was not a whole lot about this book that I can talk positively about. I'm really trying to pull some things out there. There were some sure. cool. There were some cool fights, but. It just seemed like it made all of these Jedi that were pumped up in the first book out to be really weak, and it was disappointing for me. Understandable. So I don't know. I don't know what else to really say about it. Yeah. So what's What's your rating? Um. <clears throat> what is my rating? A little bit harder time, uh, honestly, rating this book when I've thought about it, you know, thought about it like pre-podcasts and everything. Because overall, like, I don't think it's, the, it's definitely not the worst book uh, I've ever read. You know, well, part of good. my problem is the, is the writing, is the structure of the writing mm-hmm. that kind of kills me a little bit. And then the over sort of anime-ness and the one-upsmanship of everybody that just bothers me a little bit. I don't, you know, I think the characters are probably the strongest, the strongest thing about it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, there were certain points in there where the writer, you know, Kevin Scott really did display some pretty cool emotions. Um, But then there were points where it just really hit pretty wide left of the mark. Um, So... And it doesn't really help that I just wasn't interested in starting a book this week. So that, unfortunately, it's a reality. I just wasn't, I wasn't into it. So 
I wasn't as into the book as I as I can be when I'm ready to start yeah. a book. I feel like we probably should have maybe pushed it back, but I also like to be current and some semi-topical as well. So out of five, I'm probably thinking... <clears throat> I'm on the cusp of like that 394.0 uh, sort of uh, realm. I, I would probably say being, you know, trying to overcompensate maybe for my lack of interest in just starting a book. I'm just going to give it a four um, just strictly because it it does make me think a lot about, you know, how Stellan is contrary to the way we thought. Elzar's sort of, you know, problems that he's having. The plot devices aren't interesting. Like the beast is not interesting to me the continuation of the Nihil. I feel like this book, the rising storm is a terrible title for this book. I think that this should have been, I don't know, the falling storm, (laughs) whatever storms end. That's a, that's a game of Thrones thing. Yeah. Call it storms end because honestly, this book should have been the end of the storm and then you pick up and then you have to do it out with the Dren gear. I think they're just trying to extend too much because Martian Rowe is is a tool. I don't yeah. care about him at all. I hate him, so that kind of makes him a good bad guy. But at the same token, I think he's uh, he's useless. I I you know I wish Loden would have impaled him several times. <laughs> um, but it 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 did have some interest, some intrigue. I think in the beginning it slagged around a little bit. It was just a little slow. Um, but it, 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 it looks at themes like these grandiose fairs and, you know, this attempt at unity and testing unity. Um, but again, I think, I think the characters kind of save it a lot more for me because of the strength of Lena. So the Togruta just in general, mm-hmm. um, Elzar's struggles kind of are not a bad thing for me. You know, even still, uh, even, uh, Elzar and his lady problems. I think <laughs> it's, it makes me laugh. Um, not that I'm sadistic. I just think it's funny <laughs> that he's running around trying to find his pants. Um, right. but yeah, I mean, there was some disappointment there with, with Geos and, you know, I think he's just a wise Jedi. I don't think he's a particularly powerful Jedi. Um, and I almost wanted to hear more story, more story with Bell than I did mm-hmm. Stellan, uh, or at least with them together, like put them together. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it, it wasn't terrible. It, I, I think it's better than light of the Jedi. I don't know that it's better than, I don't think it's better than into the dark. No, it's not. I, I think that that probably was the best one out of all of them. Even though I think we were a little critical on tree people, if I Probably. remember back. But still, yeah. I think with the comic accompaniment, I kind of get it a little bit more now. I just mm-hmm. had to let it wear in. But yeah, it's an okay book. 9.4, though, is absolutely insane. No, there's um, no way. 4.4, again, like we said on, on Goodreads, I, I understand that. And then the like a high 4.7... I think it was, yeah, 4.7 on Amazon. Amazon's usually pretty, pretty marshmallow like, though. They they don't tend to hate anything. But 9.4, ugh. 
That's a yikes for me, bro. There's Ooh. no way. That's a yikes. I'm glad they liked it, though. Sincerely, I am glad that they liked it. I, I hope... And th- this is the thing, folks. Just as a... I feel like I have to give a lot of disclaimers now. You know, for my YouTube channel. I know you don't watch my YouTube content. It's fine. Um, <laughs> but when I, when I, like, make up these rations and stuff, do a lot of this freeze-dried stuff, right? I will make them how I want. I don't follow instructions because I kind of know better than the instructions. I've just been doing it for a long time. I get a lot of people who, well, why don't you follow the instructions? Like, well, why don't you listen to the channel for longer than five seconds? You'll understand why. I've put a disclaimer in every single freeze-dried ration video I've done explaining why I do what I do. Mm -hmm. I have to do it every time because there's always someone who questions it. It's nuts. But, you know, putting putting, uh, sort of a caveat on this, listen, we might be critical of a book. That doesn't mean it sucks. You might like it. I want Mm -hmm. you to go read it. Personally, I would like you to read it before you even listen to our review so you can right. either you, you formulate your own opinions. Um, and we probably should say that at the beginning of these episodes, maybe next time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but we have been critical of High Republic. I, I was highly critical of their release times. But we've yeah, been critical of the I mean, books, the, too. The release times are ridiculous with how long they've yeah. been working on it. There's no excuse. It would have been a great pandemic companion. Yes. I think we would have been more excited, but yeah, it's, it's just, it's, it's tough. Um, but we're always going to tell the truth as we can see it. And that's all we can do. Yeah. So anyway, this one ran long, just like I thought it would. Uh, so we went through quite think, a bit though. Yeah, no doubt. But I think, uh, I think we'll go ahead and wrap her up here. Uh, make sure to uh, check us out on the Facebook, Twitter at TC plan podcast. And if you have any sort of, uh, you know, like theories or, or questions that you want to ask uh, the show, we will be more than happy to go over those. Uh, I actually do have, do you want to stretch this out a little longer? Cause I just remembered I did have something from, uh, from someone. Oh yeah, sure. Okay. Listen, this, this is from, uh, this is from my friend Chase and, and we've talked about him a little. He's actually been on the podcast. Chase uh, mm-hmm. runs the, mm-hmm. these are the voyages star, star Trek uh, podcast. So he had, he actually had two questions here, just some opinions. Um, and again, you can just forward these on off to TC plan podcast at gmail.com. Uh, so first thing I'm curious about your thoughts on, uh, about, uh, acolytes which we don't know too much about, about yet. the show. Yeah. yeah. It's my understanding that Acolyte takes place during the time of the high Republic. I might have times messed up. Um, but what do you think again, if it's in that timeline, if uh, like Elzar and maybe Avar were somehow involved in that, <clears throat> I think the problem is we don't know much about Acolytes. Yet. Yeah. I, it'd be all speculation. I can't really talk a whole lot about it, but I mean, essentially the premise would be obviously we're dealing with dark side users whether they're sith or not we don't That's know but yeah so the idea of uh elzar and uh avar going up against maybe this insurgence of sith or dark disciples that'd be awesome i would love to see that i think they would make a great team for that and we haven't really gotten to see that yet and anything yeah. with avar would be amazing just for her linking ability yeah i think that would be I, I, I imagine these like so the trailer for Old Republic, the PC game, had this amazing mm-hmm. battle scene with a ton of Jedi and Sith 
And I could just imagine her being able to link everyone together and just wreck the Sith. I mean, she's so overpowered. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that would be kind of cool. Yeah, um, I'm actually going to try and look up and see if, if there's been any updates. Acolytes, I don't know. I, I, I don't really remember being crazy excited about it. It's because they, they gave us nothing to go on. So what, what we are being, and this is kind of what my thought was, but I wanted to confirm. So it looks like the idea is emergence of dark side powers in the final days of the High Republic. Um, I feel like, first and foremost, I have a feeling that one of our three musketeers is probably going to be sacrificed at some point, but I could mm-hmm. be wrong. And it might be for this. Or turn. Uh, maybe, maybe. Or are we leaning that way Chris with... Is the one. Of our Chris no. is going to turn. No. Uh, nope. <laughs> it's the swerve, bro. It's going to happen. Um, but yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Right now, everything is just so bogged down with everything. Now, the events currently taking place right now, we, uh, I, always, I always have to think about this. 200 years, right? We did settle on 200. Yeah. It's not like 10 years before. Well, we don't know when the true... <laughs> And is going to be. Well, there could have been a period in between the Republic and the true, but but to but to my point is, as I'm wondering if like being human, Avar and Elzar and Stellan will already be gone at that point. So if if I had to take a guess, I don't think they'll be in it. If I had to take like a you know kind of like a what would I do as a fan? Yeah, that'd be cool, but the timeline would have to make sense. But yeah, I'm yeah. I'm not sure. Um, and again, acolyte. I think we kind of have a mild assumption that we're probably talking about maybe, you know, Plagueis. Yeah. Possibly finding Sidious. Maybe you know. Could be. Maybe. But I mean, says, what else would it be? But it at says that a point? resurgence of dark side powers. Emergence, not, not a resurgence. I say resurgence. I'm sorry, emergence. Of dark side powers, not users. Because well, to an extent, we can't have this massive invasion or attack from Sith because we already have it established in the movies that uh, we haven't seen Sith for thousands of years. And so well, it, that would have yeah, been. Sure. It would break the timeline a little bit where, like, what are you talking about? Like, a hundred years ago, we just almost got wiped out by Sith, you know? Well, I'm not talking about wiped out by Sith, but the, the beginning of the formation of new Sith. Sure. So, again, yeah. when we talk Plagueis and yeah, then Plagueis would be, That would be cool. Or Acolyte. Mm-hmm. Again, I, I don't know, but I don't know what else yeah. you would place in that. So, let, let, this is going to be like a three-hour podcast now. <laughs> All right, last question. Um, uh, I keep thinking about kyber crystals and knowing that the Jedi and crystals choose each other and they bond together with color becoming a thing afterwards. However, the different types of Jedi, guardian, counselor, sentinel, uh, are tied to a specific color, as I understand. What gives? Does the one choose the wizard, or is it like, uh, uh, or is it like whose line is it anyway, where the rules are made up and the points don't matter? Um, so. Yeah, that that's kind of an interesting thing because like lightsaber colors in the original series were only a thing because they wanted something more to pop on screen, so they had green yeah. show up. Um, but yeah, the the idea of you know the the kind of class in there uh, is certainly a thing. 
Um, but more so, at least in my opinion, and this isn't based in lore or any sort of substance, but just in my opinion, one, you absolutely, I think, I don't know if it's necessarily that the Kaiba crystal specifically chooses someone. I think you go through a process and you are bonded with a crystal Mm -hmm. and it's just that it's like, uh, you know, you're almost finding like your soulmate in crystal form. Mm -hmm. Um, and that could take, you know, it's it's almost a trial for for young, young uh, Padawans to even find their crystals, and you know, I mean, we had that in um, the the Ball short little episode. Well, th- yeah, yeah, true, but we also had that in um, uh, Clone Wars with Ahsoka and uh, and Yoda taking the younglings yeah. uh, to the to the that one spot that I can't mm-hmm. remember the name of. Um, so Ilos, for I me, <clears throat> what's that? Isn't it Ios or Ilos or something where they Yeah, I, I go believe to get you're them. right, actually. So as far as that goes, I don't think the color, at least again, in my opinion, not backed up by any sort of scientific fact, the color is just sort of who you are more mm-hmm. so than anything yeah. else. It's it's like it's just it's just the embodiment maybe of your aura, chi, whatever, uh, and that bond between you and the Kaiba crystal. So I, I don't think it's like, a, you know, you have a Kaiba crystal and then you choose, like, I'm going to be a guardian, so I have blue type of deal. Mm-hmm. I think it's just, it's far more of a personal thing. And honestly, I think it's kind of a mistake giving um, giving the specific colors, like, a class. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think? Back in the day, I listen. I love my RPGs. I love class-based things, so I know I always liked the <laughs> idea of it. Back in the day, I really like to be put into different classes. <laughs> <laughs> but the more I thought of it, the more I saw plot holes with it. So the idea is, you know, a, a good example of that would be, uh, you know, the problem is the theory breaks down when you start to actually look at Jedi, because like. Yoda has a green lightsaber, but he's, he's an extremely strong force user, so realistically... Or no, I'm sorry, I'm getting those backwards. So green was for those strong in the force. Blue was for those strong in combat, actual physical combat. And then, of course, you have only red for the dark side for obvious reasons. Well, but then, then you, And then, just, just to add on there, not to, not to chop you off the knees, but right, really, right. like, when you talk about yellow... Yellow was like more temple guard, so you right. so you were you were. It was a like, generic thing more than anything, truthfully. Yeah, it's just become more popular because, granted, there are a lot of people like yellow, but then Ray. Yeah. Yeah. But like, then you look at purple, and there's no consistency with purple. You, you know, you got Mace Windu, Marge. Samuel L. Jackson just wanted a purple saber. Yeah, he did. <laughs> <laughs> like you got Mar Jade, and you can't compare them in any way. Because right. they're completely different characters. You have uh, Jaina. You, I, to me, the one that always made the most sense is obviously the lightsaber for a great Jedi. Sure. Because I believe that is a good embodiment of the belief system. But I, I think what you said with Aura makes sense. I think that has a lot to do with it. But I don't know. With the amount of color options there really are. It's weird to me to really make it a big deal. Because if you're talking about aura, there could be so many different spectrums for that. 
so many different yeah. types of personalities and people. And I don't think that Obi-Wan and Anakin in episode three gave off the same aura when Obi-Wan was toting around a lightsaber. So I, I don't know. Well, yeah, and, and you kind of hit the nail on the head. There, there's just so many colors now, and it's it's yeah. more about a per. I, I think it's more about a personalization factor mm-hmm. than anything else. Um, but again, it to me, it's just it's more about the feeling, more about the connection than yeah. a class. And I think I think we've just put the classes in in the in the rear view, so to speak. Right. And honestly, if I'm being honest here. I would rather focus on hilt design more than color. <laughs> I like well, a cool it, yeah. design for a lightsaber like Dooku is something unique. Well, and yeah, the, the hilt design is such a personal process that they go through sometimes a long period of time before they mm-hmm. can even properly assemble their saber. And, uh, and yeah, that, that is... That's such a stylized thing. And like even in the High Republic now, we have all these gold accents and everything Mm -hmm. a little bit more intricate design than perhaps we've seen in latter, latter years and latter times. So yeah. Which is good because they were really generic on the original book cover art. Well, except for of ours. (laughs) I think it's always unique. Well, Stellan has the cross guard. Uh, droppable yeah. cross guard so his actually drops down it's not yeah. like kylo ren so but they don't really yeah. mention that in the book they, they mentioned all that it, much no 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 yeah you're right they, they mentioned it i think maybe like once in the very beginning yeah. when he first draws it um and maybe one other time i could be wrong but yeah they they don't i mean would you want to hear it over and over again about how his cross guard drops down or and still ignited down. his lightsaber and then the badass cross guard came out <laughs> we didn't even really mention he do wielded at one point during yeah that too yeah so all right folks didn't work well, well for him but no <laughs> no well not much worked for him unfortunately we've got a we've got to head out though we, we've definitely had a uh, long show here hopefully yes, you guys don't mind the gigantic show um but let us know what you think about everything. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you, Chase, for uh, writing in. Appreciate the questions. It's actually a really, really nice thing to do. Yeah. Uh, or if you need nobody to do else that. does it. So. <laughs> <laughs> but all right, folks, that's it for this week. You guys have a great one. And as always, may the force be with you. <laughs>